Welcome back, Martini Giant fans. This is episode number 108, which are two films. It's our last podcast of 2022. We decided to do two films about, well, let's just say the end of the world. Uh, we start off with Doctor Strange Love from 1964. Of course, that is directed by Stanley Kubrick. And, then, uh, and it's also starring, of course, Peter Sellers, who plays multiple roles and a fantastic performance by Mr. George C. Scott. And we decided to pair that this little strange little independent film from 1985 from New Zealand called The Quiet Earth. And it is a little bit of a sci-fi film, very much end-of-the-world type film, uh, and quite amazing. Actually, I think uh, a lot of people have not seen this or never even heard of it, so I think it would be really cool. It's directed by someone named Jeff Murphy, so pretty cool little film. All right, got a couple of announcements. Uh, as we are sort of kicking off uh, 2023 uh, Eric and Daniel and I decided we were going to record a whole bunch of podcasts because our inventory was actually getting low. So that means that there's going to be lots of recordings in the coming week that you guys can be part of on our Twitch channel. And uh, the first one we're going to do is going to be uh, December 31st, so New Year's Eve. We're actually going to be doing The King of Comedy. Uh, the second one we're going to do is on January 2nd, that's on Monday, uh, we're, we're going to be doing Tootsie. And on uh, January 7th, which is uh, Saturday, the next Saturday, uh, we will be doing Anti-Meme. And all three of those will be about uh, will be at 3 p.m. Pacific Standard Time, the normal time we do our podcast. So go ahead and check those out. And if you want to be part of it, we'd love to have you be part of it. Just go to twitch.tv slash martini underscore giant. Again, that is twitch.tv slash martini underscore giant. And of course, as we are at the end of the year and you decided you want to try to support us, uh, we would love to have you as a Patreon member. Uh, please join us. Please be part of the uh, Martini Giant Fund. Uh, just go to patreon.com slash martini giant. And uh, we'd love a donation from you guys and be part of our patrons. And as a patron, you'd be able to do all kinds of fun stuff on our Discord. Uh, but more on that later. But for now, please enjoy Dr. Strangelove and The Quiet Earth. Happy New Year, everyone. We should tell a little story about how we came up with this because it's always this, it's just the way that things are with us when we say, it's like, we're going to do a story, we're going to do movies about tanks. I love it. We're going to do tanks. And then we end up with this. It started off with tanks. (laughs) (laughs) It's okay. It started off with tanks and then we're going to say, we're going to do Fury and, uh, and, uh, and uh, it's like, we know we do tanks, but you do submarines too. So we do that both, right? And then suddenly it's like, Oh, hold on. When is this coming out? End of the year? We should do post-apocalyptic. So it's like, okay, so. Well, we were first, we were first looking for New Year's Eve movies. And then one of the New Year's movies. Just move the mic closer after you told me. Sorry. (laughs) Yeah. Sorry. New Year's Eve movies. And then, uh, and out of the New Year's Eve movies, we were like, oh, we do, uh, like, we could do Strange Days. Strange Days, which is a a semi, oh, like almost apocalyptic movie. It's an, it's a millennium movie, which feels apocalyptic. And then we got into discussing apocalypse movies. And that's when we said, we should do Strange Days and Dr. Strangelove. But it turns out that Strange Days is not available anywhere at all. At all. That's really strange. Yeah. This is that we've run into these issues on before. Yeah. Like it's streaming. It's just, unless you own physical copies of things, it's not guaranteed you're going to be able to see. Yeah. It is a total drag, man. I, uh, I don't have, I used to have a fairly large physical library. I yeah, do not I have, have it anymore. And yeah. uh, what happened to it? Uh, I ended up uh, walking away from it. So the uh, but the you, you sold it or yeah no it's a, it's part of a previous life and I and I walked uh, walk clear all that and so the uh, uh, I just let it go and uh, I uh, I don't regret doing that but I do miss 
the idea of physical media quite a bit. And so it's, uh, it's one of those things where you just go, uh, like, you know, in the, in the moment you're like, oh man, I, I could buy a copy on Amazon of this thing. And then you see it disappear from your, from your Amazon list. And suddenly you don't have access to it anymore, even though you supposedly bought it. And like, right. this is like if Amazon broke into my house and stole my shit back, yeah. <laughs> yeah. you know, it's not acceptable. Yeah. But yeah, I, I think that that's, this is too bad. It's convincing me to get back into the physical, physical gear scene. They're going to put things in physical gear where they're going to have to check online if you have the right to see it. And then they refuse yeah, to play exactly. it. Yeah, that's seriously, seriously. Mm-hmm. That's the way it goes. That is the way it is. Yeah. But I don't, I think philosophically it is, it is, uh, untenable. Like we can't let art just disappear like that. That's too bad. Anyway. So we ended up, we didn't do strange days. And then I don't know why I mentioned quiet earth and we said, let's do that. And it's like, okay, so Dr. Strange and quiet earth. And we're trying to figure out like, how do we tie these together? But there's actually, I think there's plenty of things we can do to tie these two together. Sure. Uh, my guess is that. A lot of people have seen Dr. Strangelove and those who haven't, you know, that's great. We'll catch you up on it. <laughs> uh, but I'm assuming that not many people have seen the quiet. Have you ever seen it, Eric? Quiet. I never saw. I, I saw this many, 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 many years ago, probably when I was a teenager. Yeah. Uh, and uh, I'm not even sure if I saw the whole thing because the ending was relatively new to me. Hmm. Like I remember the beginning, because uh, it's like the, there's a Twilight Zone episode. That's uh, that's like it. similar, yeah, yeah. And uh, and then and, uh, that's and sort of just trailed off. I was like, uh, I don't remember where this goes. And right. so it was interesting to watch this again. Yes. So I first watched it with my buddy uh, uh, Keith, who was a very good friends with back in Houston in the in the nineties when I was in grad school. In the summer, there was a there was a independent video store on West Gray, I believe was the name of the street in Houston called Audio Video Plus. Nice. But they had a really good collection of stuff, right? And uh, in the summer, they had to deal where they would do five movies for $5 for five nights. For five minutes. You could only get to rent it. <laughs> no, no, so five fast, fast forward. So you had five nights and you'd rent five movies for five. So for us, it was great. But it had so many cool things there. And we at one point, we got all these weird German existential films and it was terrible. It was like the worst $5 we ever spent. And then <laughs> it was just too much. And then we said, we decided to like, you know, we're going to redeem ourselves. And we took it all back and rented a whole bunch of Russ Myers films. Uh, oh, yeah. <laughs> so that's, <laughs> yeah. That's, so, that's almost like... Ten movies, if you get my joke. <laughs> <laughs> and then, and then after that, one about one of those times, he's like, he was throwing in, about like, oh, this is a really weird movie. We should watch this. I was like, what is it? And it was Quiet Earth, and I was like, I loved it. I loved it. Right. Now, here's the thing, you know, just give people, you know, an idea. This is a post-apocalyptic film in a very classic way. But what I love about it is that there's no zombies. Ever. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's true. It's like this there's is no a, anybody. There's no anybody. Yeah, like it's a it's a really it's, it's a an pretty extraless film. Yeah, yeah. That's there's, another film festival. The extraless extraless extra free, extra yeah. free. Yeah, like it's a it's a it's a really unique movie in that uh, it commits completely to its concept. 
Yes. And, uh, you know, it's, it's very rare for movies like this. It's like, um, like I love 28 days later, right. But yes. 28 days later's final act gets a little bit sort of regular movie. That's like, yeah, that's yeah, so and 28 days later, like this movie starts like 28 days later, very right. similar. Right. <clears throat> and so like, I, I think that like that, that, uh, regardless of, you know, the movie, the movie's all over the place. Totally and everything else, but uh, like I like the fact that it goes it goes hard after the idea, and mm -hmm. uh, and I think that that's a uh, that's really admirable. By the way, uh, when you watch that, the opening scene where the guy is naked and then he's like a hard edged cop or, or some guy, he seems like a cop, right? But that opening, I'm telling you, Lethal Weapon, the first one with Mel Gibson. Oh yeah, yeah, it's uh, oh, yeah, yeah. That's true. That that was yeah, like, sure. wait a minute, that's so Mel Gibson, and it was before there's, Mel Gibson. There's a couple yeah, yeah, of things yeah. in here. That there's a lot that, of things that get yeah. ripped off in this in late in other people's movies. In other people's movies, yeah. and in fact, have have you guys ever seen Last Man on Earth, the show Last Man on Earth? No, it's the same thing, except it's, it's, it's done as right. a joke, right. Right. right? right. And it's Will Forte who does it, right? Right, right, right. Yes, yes, yes. Okay. And Kristen, what's her name? Is Kristen Shaw? Shaw is yes. So it's the same idea, except done way funnier, like right. as a joke, right? Right. So like you know, he he moves into this big mansion, and then he like gets he basically just treats his you know buys all this expensive stuff and then drinks himself silly, right? So he literally takes a kiddie pool and makes a giant margarita out of a kiddie pool, right? right. And sits in the kiddie pool and just like has salt along the edge of the kiddie pool. <laughs> He's like licking funny. the edge and then his right. huge straw. <laughs> like there, there's a, uh, and because like, the bathroom doesn't work. He takes the, the pool and he cuts a hole in the diving board. And just right. 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 Oh, that's so great. <laughs> Good. Yeah. yeah. It's like, like it's this, uh, this movie has, like I said, when you watch this thing, it's on, I saw it on Tubi. Um, yeah, it's on Tubi, and it's also actually I watched it on um, on uh, Canopy. On Canopy, there we go. Yeah. So uh, super recommend those free services, which are terrific. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, like this is the kind of movie where I, like I said, like I remember the beginning, but I may as well have been watching at least half of it for the first time because I didn't remember any of the last half literally at all. Right. And it's definitely the kind of movie that I love discovering. Like it's a, it's a it's a wobbly movie in terms of like sometimes the quality is up, sometimes the quality is down, sometimes right. characters it's, make. Yeah, it's, it's just, also a so, great lesson in how to do a, an interesting movie for very little money. Very little money. Very little money. Yeah. Um, but it really has like there's like five or six images from this movie that are really remarkable. Yes, like they are really, really brilliant, beautiful images, and uh, they're worth seeing the movie just just for that. Even though, like, it's a little unstable sometimes, but it's uh, it is. It, but overall, it, it's it's the kind of inventive, weird indie film that you don't get a lot of anymore. Right. In fact, or literally at all. <laughs> literally at all. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Really, there's a lot of. And I was wondering, was like a town just basically being sold off somewhere that they're like, we can yes. destroy that well, gas it's like, station. Right. I mean, we it's like New this. Zealand. Right. If I took a truck and drove it through here. I mean, it's right. like if you gave me a town to destroy, I could probably come up with a script in about two weeks. Well, yeah, that's what happened. Right. That's what happened with uh, my buddy when they were filming Slither. Or, right. Not Slither. Splinter. Splinter. Yeah. Like it was literally a gas station that they were going to tear down. And it's like, hold on. Let us use it for three weeks and then we'll blow it up at the end. <laughs> yeah, it's terrific. And the thing is, yeah. we get so much production. But like there's a sequence in this. 
when um, uh, he sees a fire, like in the distance, and he goes over to it, and it's this entire building that's just like totally crushed and on fire, mm-hmm. and you slowly get the idea that it was, seems like a plane crash, and I thought they were going to cheap it out. They're going to be like, well, you know, you'll see the wheels on fire, but you're not gonna, we can't afford And then there's a watch over here just like, yeah, that's a whole plane. Yeah. <laughs> like, I was just like, holy shit. But they, they did it. They did it. I, a lot of it was very clever map paintings and yep. stuff like that. Force perspective. Force perspective. Like, they, they, they design these things super, super well yeah. and integrate them very, very well. So it's and very, it, ans- it works it, very well. They, but like you said, they committed to this idea. So let's, anyway, a couple of things. Way, just so yeah. West Side Story, the original West Side Story mm-hmm. was in a neighborhood, which is now Lincoln Center. <laughs> and they were going to yeah. build Lincoln Center, so they said, "Let's shoot there while everyone's moved out, Destroy before it. we demolish it." So they right. shot there, but then when they shot, they really had to do it because they literally had wrecking balls ready to tear it down, and they did to right. build Lincoln Center. Yep, so yeah, it's, all it's of a that great stuff way to get was the streets and everything. That whole neighborhood was where Lincoln Center is now. Right, because they they basically turned it into a soundstage, so it still has a a hall, an old Hollywood soundstage vibe to the lighting because they could take over the entire place. And it still feels real because it is actually real. Yeah. 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 It's really, it's a really strange, I, I'm not the biggest fan in the world of the movie, but I think the no. look and the vibe are, are impeccable. It's a really, really wacko film. My yeah, sister you, had the soundtrack on an LP and she used to play it all the time. It was weird. Yeah, I, it's not my favorite musical. Not that great. <laughs> like, yeah, like I saw, have you seen Spielberg's version? I have like, not. It's extremely well made. Like, I, I think that may be a better movie than even like better made than even the original one. Camera work is insane. The dancing is great. Like it's a total beautiful Hollywood show stopping movie. It's just that I don't like the music very much. Yeah. So it's just like, I want to live in America. And just like, oh, God, this <laughs> fucking song. <laughs> I want to have my own podcast. Yes. <laughs> exactly. Why don't you yeah. call it a giant podcast? Why don't we call it a teeny podcast? <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, that's, um, I didn't mind it. Uh, you know, I didn't mind the side story. Yeah. yeah. You yeah. know, it was, but, uh, wasn't Sorry, like I was we jumped around. on my way to work, <laughs> right. but, right. um, yeah, but it is cool. Okay. Uh, so, so, so let's get, let's jump into quiet earth as you could, as we've been hinting, this is a post-apocalyptic world and it starts off with, a uh, overhead shot of a man naked in bed sleeping. Yep. Upside down, so it's a little uh, upside hanged, down hanged man imagery. Yes, right. L- little, little bit, uh, yeah, a little. Uh, fi- can't quite figure out what's going on, but right. there's a little flash on the screen that happens, and then he wakes up. Um, and as he wakes up, I'm not, it's, you know, not going to get too much into, it, but he wakes up and he starts to try to get to work. Things are strange. Cars on the side of the road. Everything's kind of strange. Uh, no one is around and he quickly realized that he, there is no one left on the, on the, on the planet. Right. But it takes him a while to go through that process and understand what's going on. Um, he also realized that he is a scientist and he works at some kind of a lab and he l- looks around the lab and he's trying to figure out what's going on. And one of the, People in the lab, there is a person that's sitting at a control in the lab, but that person is dead. Now, keep in mind, we have not seen a single other person. Right. Right. 
So there's no 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 living bodies or anything going on right now. Yeah, but, like, yeah it's like uh, it's it's like Roanoke times a thousand. Right. You know, so it's like he like he, he sees evidence of like someone was eating breakfast in bed and the breakfast is still on top of the blankets and it looks like there was someone under those blankets. Like right. they just literally vanished like we're yeah, you know, like rapture. the leftovers. <laughs> right. Yeah. It's ra- it's a rapture situation. Right. So people just disappeared. Right. And he's trying to figure out what's going on. But he hints at the fact that the guy who they find he finds dead at the controls is like, you idiot, you did it or whatever. Like some something bad was going on that they right. was developed at this particular lab. Right? Uh and I know this sounds cheesy, but I really like how the fact that they keep it kind of vague the whole time. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Even when, even when he starts speaking about, about it, you know, like talking about specifics and the science and all this stuff, like it's, it's both sciencey enough that you, you see what they're talking it's about. It's accessible science, which yeah. sometimes it's films aren't because they get very technical or expect you to know. Right. It doesn't turn into gobbledygook. Fusion and so right. forth. Like and it doesn't, it doesn't because there's two forms of gobbledygook. One is made up gobbledygook and the other is we're just going to convince you by describing all the incredible details about quantum physics gobbledygook, okay. which I'm you also do don't Go ahead. Give me one film, Dan, mm-hmm. that is good gobbledygook, science gobbledygook, and it's a good t-shirt this, and give me one film that's bad science gobbledygook. Like, well, see, like, bad enough. Like, every episode of Star Trek The Next Generation movies, like, that's bad gobbledygook, where they're just like, the phase transducer, obviously, doesn't indicate that the dilithium, and you're just like, why are you even saying these lines? They're called, yeah. It's, it's called techno babble. Yeah, it's like nonsense. They it's literally have people time. who write that stuff for them. Yeah, right. Uh, and and uh, let's see. It's harder to come up with. Like, but there are there are movies that I try. Alien had good tech, technical. Oh yeah, exactly. Because like like the the thing to do is don't over in both cases don't over explain yourself. Like I already bought the movie. You know, I already I'm I'm already I bought 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 the ticket. I I believe in your movie already. And you can't if you just throw all this jargon at me. Whether the dark jargon is made up or it's factual, Avatar had terrible gobbledygook. Yeah, that has gobbledygook, right? but it's terrible. Like, yeah, that's, yeah. What, that's what I'm saying. Unobtainium, yeah, like, like seriously? Yeah, it's just like <laughs> we don't even need to do this. Yeah, like you, you, you know, like simplify it more, and right. it'll be better. Right. And uh, you don't have to convince me of the reality of something that I'm already bought into. Right. And uh, and and so like movies movies that get self conscious about this stuff are essentially playing the same game of how fans need to have believable science and ex- explanations for what happens in a movie. Like, why? It's a movie. Like, right. I don't need to know why Meanwhile, someone who's psychic can do psychic uh, things. Na- international math scores for the United States have been going down for, like, the past 25 years, and, and of executives are worried about it. Yeah, exactly. No, we have to do something we can't do. They're, like, they're going to go online and figure this out. Have you guys like, looked at the, the, the median uh, math scores for? Uh, yeah, like, come on, guys. Like, it's just like every time, like every time uh, Neil deGrasse Tyson gets on Twitter and says, "Like I like the movie, but it was scientifically this could never happen." I'm just like, "Don't go to a fucking movie then." <laughs> like, what's wrong with you? Well, hold on. He does say he does say those things as well. He says it's just a movie. 
He says that a lot. Yeah, but he does. He like he says. But they it's also a movie, people expect. But, and then people retweet. But this people want like something what, wrong with the film. No, I know, but that's like, that's, that's his fault. That's his, that's not okay. His fault. I won't blame Neil deGrasse Tyson, but, but you everybody can blame who the retweets, yeah, yeah, yes. or blame them. Blame the retweeters. Like it's just like who fucking cares? Like it needs to be consistent within its own framework. Yes, like if you're establishing informatic laws that operate, uh, you know, like you have a rule set that you're making your movie by, then. You should attend to the things that you said are true, sure. but that's just structure that has nothing to do with reality. Like, and I don't need to know why the Ruby slippers carry you to Oz, but doesn't make any difference, you know? And, uh, and so like this movie manages to have like enough, uh, science phrasing that I go like, okay, I get what you're saying. And then it doesn't waste too much time, like trying to convince me that it's real or making up extra bullshit so it sounds more, you know, more important than it is. Right. Uh, I just want to ask if anyone in chat has actually seen this movie or Doctor Strangelove, but more specifically this movie. I don't think, I think this is, this is a very, this is the rare one. This is a rare, yeah, this rare is a pretty film. rare one for sure. So the thing I also like about it is that they tried to, instead of committing to the science of what caused everyone to disappear, they commit more to what would it be like if you were the last person on earth? Like, how do you handle some of those situations? Right. Right. And it's a lot of like, you know, the power goes out, a plane crashes in the middle of the sky and just crashes into a building out of nowhere. Right. Because everyone's gone. So there's a lot of those random things that I think were very interesting mm -hmm. to, to bring up. Right. It feels like I was watching this thinking like, this is essentially a pandemic movie. It is. <laughs> this is a good pandemic movie. Yeah. Like, like totally disconnected from everyone, slowly going nuts. Yeah. I think everyone yeah. relates. Yeah. 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 So he, uh, he sits, in, he goes back to his house. <laughs> oh, he goes to the radio station. This was smart. He goes to the radio station, makes a, makes a tape of him saying who he is. You know, and I'm alive, right? He puts the signs up everywhere here somewhere, which, by the way, they do on uh, Last Man on Earth as well. He paints billboards everywhere. Uh, but then he's like, you know, I'm alive. I'm here. Uh, if you need to find me, et cetera. And then he goes back to his house and he's like really, really depressed at his house. He's like, I need an upgrade. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> a, a bigger house. Yeah. So he might as well got, have a mansion. <laughs> might as well have a mansion. So he gives himself a mansion that he goes and lives into and, uh, you know, drinks all kinds of fancy stuff. And, oh, and then tell him about the, you were, we were talking about it before the show. Tell him about your reaction towards the pool game that he plays with himself. Oh, yeah. And so, like, this is one of the few things we're talking about where I'm like, this, oh, this is where this came from. It's right. The, the scene in, uh, it's especially leveraged in the, the second Lord of the Rings movie, the beautiful stuff where Gollum is talking to himself and it's shot as if it's two ends of a conversation cross cutting. Right. And then, it, you know, it sort of occasionally reveals that he's just sort of going, you know, turning back and forth like this. Uh, right. That is, that, from this movie. <laughs> that is from this movie. Yeah. That is stone cold. He from starts, this movie. On, but it's great because they do it exactly like in the Gollum thing, where they yep. like have they him warm you talking, up into it. They have you talking to himself, and then he moves to the other side of the table and he talks again, and then he does it again, and then after a while they just start cutting, and because Cut of and the cross cutting and you know not crossing the line, it definitely looks like he's having a conversation it's a with two people. Moment. I'm sure. I'm like I'm sure Peter Jackson would totally cop to this because this, this is from is New, New Zealand, New Zealand yeah. film as well. It's a New Zealand uh, film. 
<laughs> and so like, yeah, I'm sure he'd be like, absolutely. Yeah, that's what I did. I didn't realize that this is where it's from or this is the first time I've seen it. And yeah. uh, it's a really, really genius gag. It's really smart. Yeah. 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 So there's lots of little notes like that in this movie where I was just like, Oh, look at that. I've seen that in so-and-so. Right. And, uh, and uh, it's, it's very like, like I said, it's, I can't, I can't say, I can't recommend it wholeheartedly in the way of like, you're going to love it. Like occasionally you're going to go like, uh, okay. (laughs) (laughs) Right. But I actually uh, liked it. Yeah. It's, it's a, it's a very good movie. I was, I'm glad you liked it. I didn't know if Eric was going to like it because you know, Eric's a little (laughs) sci-fi. See, we've convinced him. We did it. Yes. That's the goal of the whole show. <laughs> Daniel has now decided that, uh, that in fact, uh, Netflix is not evil and Eric likes sci-fi. <laughs> yeah, see, it's all good. Hooray, Netflix. <laughs> I love you guys. Thanks. <laughs> yeah. Oh, Jason, the quiet middle earth. That's good. That's there good it one. is, the quiet middle earth. There. Yeah. Brilliant. Brilliant. Yes, very true. Very true. Uh, okay, so he... Uh, right, so at this point, he slowly starts to go insane. Right. He starts putting on a dress. <laughs> mm-hmm. Which is a beautiful, weird little scene. It where is. He, like, where you can see that his, like, like he, he recognizes how much his identity is sort of up for grabs at a certain point. Right. You know, like he doesn't, like, it, like he's lost all context. And so yeah. he can be literally anyone at all. Right. And, uh, and. But he also and, grabs a shotgun and starts going a little. Oh yeah, he's, I mean, he's his his mind is unraveling for sure. <laughs> yeah, uh, but it's like it's interesting to see those stages, right? You know, and how much like they're like the it's the I like how the, to do that stage. Pardon me, mm-hmm. because to get that you know they've done that in like Kaitel movies. They did it in Swordfish. They're showing a time lapse and the mentality of someone through that time lapse. Right. It's really hard to do that. Yeah, exactly. And I think that like it's uh what, what's What's really successful is like, I think uh, at some point they say like, oh, it's been three weeks. And I'm like, oh, okay. Like, I like, I like that for most of the part, most, most of the film, like you're unsure of how much time is passing or if things happen on the same day or if it's many days later or whatever it is. Like it keeps it very, very nebulous. Uh, And so it makes it to me more believable because the amount of time that needs to pass for me to believe it is different for, for me than someone else. I think if you were the last person on this planet for three weeks, I think you would start. You would, that would. I, oh, I think every, I think everybody would go through this, right? For yeah. sure, right? Uh, I think that you know some people may watch this and go like, "Oh, I totally have my shit together for months," and like the movie isn't that very would be explicit. Great time to catch up on reading, right? I mean, I, I'm good at being alone, and even in the movie is just like I thought I was good at being alone, but this is some this is a different thing, right. you know? Um, and which is I think that a lot of people discovered during the pandemic. It's like it. It's a, it's a, it's a different situation than just sort of spending time with yourself. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Yeah. The movie's very Not effective. the ability to say, all right, time's up. I'll, I'll do something else. Right. Yeah. So what he starts to do, you know, he does, and this, this is interesting. They did it in, in, uh, in last man on earth. They have him, he opens up a bar <laughs> And he puts all these different footballs and baseballs and all these different things as different characters in the bar that he has conversations with the whole time, <laughs> which is really funny because the ball is obviously what was used in Castaway, right? Yep, right, exactly. Wilson, right. Uh, Wilson, right. right? So here, How do you get that part. That, where's the, he going to get that printed? But yeah, no, I think he just picked up. So he has these cardboard cutouts of all these different celebrities, mostly evil dictators. <laughs> right. 
<laughs> like Hitler and stuff. Um, and he puts them in his backyard. Uh, uh, and he, he then sets up these big lights and these, uh, these tapes of people cheering. And he gives this, you know, dictator's speech from the balcony and has everyone cheering for him. And it's, uh, it's quite funny, <laughs> but also a little, little crazy. <laughs> right. Right. But it's, it's a brilliant little scene. I feel like these, like watch him go through this sort of like stretch of emotions over the course of a single scene right. is really wild. Cause like he sort of makes it like he's, it's sort of funny to start with and he makes it really political. And then that, and that sort of falls apart. And then it's right. just really personal. And he's like, I'm alone. Like <laughs> it doesn't make any difference. None of this makes any difference. Yeah. You know, yeah. and all, all those, those levels, uh, uh, just sort of fall away from him. You yeah. know, and, uh, and then, and that's a great shot also because it plays through all of that and then the lights go out. Like that's the scene. That's the moment when all the electricity collapses. Right. And I'm just like, this is, that's, that's a really, it's a beautiful way to underscore, uh, cause it's, a, it's like an emotional way to say that. Right. You know, right. right. Like it, we're, we've crossed into a whole new world now. And then at some point, at this point he decides he's, he's going to get his shit together and he cleans up his act. Right. And he moves into a new house, a modern house, but then uses, uh, you know, a big generator to do stuff. And he's basically like, okay, I'm going to try to make this work. <laughs> like somehow he's going to convince himself to try to make this work. Right. Um, and then, uh, how does he run into the, the girl? I forgot about how that, how does that happen? He, uh, he, yeah, she's where, where is she? I forget where, where that starts. Right. Because like it, uh, house. At the house. Oh yeah, she like comes through house. at the house. Yeah, because he's at yeah. the computer. Right. And then she comes in. She right. he's at the computer. He's trying to he's trying to use the computer now to look through some scientific data. She finds him at the house and they just look at each other. <laughs> yeah. Terrified and then right. just like hug each other. Like, and oh my hug, god. Which yeah. is like it's perfect. I was like, that's the perfect reaction. They haven't neither of these people have seen anybody in forever. Right. And then there's just like they're overwhelmed by as opposed to not trusting anyone. Yeah, there's like, no like no. fucking baloney. Like like if you're watching this and it was The Walking Dead, you'd be like, get on the road. You know, all yeah. that kind of stuff. <laughs> yeah. And yeah. instead they're just like, Thank God <laughs> you know, and they hug. Right. You'd be overwhelmed. Right. Yep. You know, and they, they do a little bit of the get on the ground stuff when later in the film. The other guy right. with the other guy. But it's sort of like by that point, it's understandable in a different way. Like right. it's like it, that's gone on so long that like this dude's in his own head about stuff. Right. You know, as opposed to like, this is still, these two are still sort of dealing with the fact that they are alone in the world. And then just before they lose their fucking minds, they meet somebody else. Like it fills them back up again as people. And, uh, and to play, let that scene play out. I was like, that's really, I don't think people today would make that choice in the screenplay. No, you know? no, no. They have to have that moment of get on the ground. Yeah. They know? make all this false drama happen, you know? And, like I would say, like like the scene. If you did this, like I would say, like you could do the scene even, um, like even harder because I feel like people would actually you'd actually break down if you saw somebody else at that point. Right. Like so, it isn't like it's not one of these things where you're like, oh, it's a flawless scene. I'm just like, it's just the right choice. Right. Like it was just the right choice to make, and it's like it's a choice that doesn't occur to most writers or filmmakers to do that. And so even though like you could do it a little bit better, it's still the rare good choice 
Right. And, uh, and that's, that's sort of like, that's generally how I feel about the whole movie is like, there's all sorts of stuff you can do better, but most people don't do it at all. And, uh, and it's a, it's a really, it's, it's really great in that way. It feels like it's, it's invent, it's inventive because it, uh, all the answers it has are realistic emotional answers. Yeah. Yeah. What I do find interesting, so you brought up, is like this trope has been done many, many times, mm-hmm. right? And people have, you know, as we have been noting, have been ripped off this exact thing, but they do it differently. They would have had to get down on the ground moment, right? Right. They would have had, right. you know, Omega Man type or, or, or as Jason's saying, you know, I am legend type of thing, not trusting people because there's zombies or whatever it is, you know, right. there's none of that. There's like, oh my God, another person. <laughs> right. 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 Uh, and it's kind of, Kind of awesome. But the other thing to obviously what they realize is like, okay, I am not the only person here. So therefore, maybe there are others. So this sets them off on a search for others that could be right. around. Right. Um, and uh, her idea is to go to places where people might be trapped, like right. prisons or insane asylums or whatever, which sounds dangerous. <laughs> sure. Right. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, that's, I don't know if we want to do this. <laughs> right. Uh, but there, there is some great, you know, they've got walkie talkies and they're moving around the city and it's a little, this, this is where it starts to get, there's some beautiful shots of them in empty hallways looking for people that are, that the music is, you know, mm, you know, it's got yeah. a, it's, yep. it's some beautiful shots, overhead shots of intersections with like trucks in the middle of them. Right. Lots yeah, of trucks really, that are blocking things. That stuff? Yeah. And this is a very, I mean, it's gotta be a really cheap film. Like there's just no, yeah. Like there's just no way this is expensive because this is like New Zealand's first science fiction movie, anything. Right. You know, it's just like they've, they've, they've New Zealand's made, made plenty of movies, but this is like, you know. The budget was $1 million. Yeah. It was like, that's, it must have been <laughs> extravagant for that time. Like, yeah. Unbelievable. Um, and, uh, and so they, they, they really thought hard about like, what are, what are the images that are really going to convince people? And they spent their money on those images. Yeah. You just need a few. Just need a few. They need to land it in exactly the right spot. You know? And, uh, and I think that, that most, like, like, it's like, I hate to, at some point we're going to bitch about Marvel movies. So let's just start it now with the, if you see the, uh, the trailer for the new Ant-Man movie, uh-huh. like the A million effect, dollars per pixel. Yeah. Like, <laughs> like I, we probably know people that worked on Ant-Man. There's probably loads of incredible work in Ant-Man. Absolutely. Ant-Man too. But the fact is when you're doing 2,300 shots, like the butter is going to get spread a little thin. Yeah. Like that's just the way it is, you know, and especially the on a show. Gone it's just, yeah. Right. It's not like seeing the, the alien creature for you know, 30 seconds total. It's like, yeah, right. Okay. Like yeah, you get, if you, if you put your money where it's going to really convince people that the effect is much, much better than trying to spend it, you know, like $400,000 a second to convince me that I'm in the quantum world. Right. <laughs> you know, like it's going to like at some point I'm going to be like, this is getting pretty green screeny, you know? Whereas like in quiet earth, I'm like, there is fucking nobody here. Like I, it, like I, I, it really gets, I mean, it's, it, it's more effective than even the opening of, um, uh, what's the, the Heston movie, uh, with the vampire Omega sun, the Omega man. Yeah. Like they do a couple of great shots in Omega man at the beginning where they clear out downtown San Fran and, Right. whatever it is. And, you know, like he's driving around really fast and this, like they're just driving through like huge swashes of the swatches of the city, 
Yep. This is nobody. And it's, you're just like, this is really fucking weird. This is yeah. really weird. Yeah. You know, like there's no CG. There's, I mean, like there's no way to do any of that stuff. And so like you feel that after a while. And the fact that they're being almost casual about it convinces me even more. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And the way they talk to each other on like, you know, on the, on the walkie talkie, which is coming. It's like, is that you? It's like, well, who else would it be? <laughs> right. Right. Exactly. And it's, so they, they do, they really play into that idea. And then to start, you know, she's kind of coy with him. Also, this is interesting, right? She's kind of coy, but it doesn't take them long before they have sex because what else are you going to do? Right. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Man, like if it was, if it was me and a lawnmower after about a month and a half, you'd be like, I don't know, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, but it is interesting. And so, you know, she's obviously, she's, she's, she's interesting. She's very cute in this very eighties way. Yeah. I've, I've seen that actor before. I don't know what she's been in, but she's, uh, yeah, she's, she's very charming. She's really good. And it's a, it like the only, um, the like, I think the main actor is a good actor. Yeah. Uh, and, but I, like, it's a little bit of a stretch for me to believe that he's like quantum scientist. Like, yes. ca- like he's, casting, he's a little bit of like, you know, he's, he's not, that's the problem is he's yeah. not necessarily a very smart he comes scientist. comes across as a cop. I thought he was a cop. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like, so like, but I, he's, he's got, the, he, they've got his bald, his, his balding head is like very, like, that's the thing, right? It's like he's right. the older guy, which, She's with him because he's the last man on earth. Yes, kind of as well, exactly. Right, right. And he's not necessarily out of shape or dumpy or whatever, but like you know. Yeah, he's but like, he's like Neh. it's like it's like in Annie Hall when uh, you know when Woody Allen's like I'm standing here with two guys named Cheech. Like he's one of those guys. He's like right. one of the like oh yeah, Alfie Singer, come here. You know, hey, like, like, Alfie. <laughs> like where, he's a good where actor. are you? I'm he here with the cast and crew of The Godfather. <laughs> <Exactly>. <laughs> so like he's the New Zealand equivalent of that of that actor, and so like sure. it's, it feels a little bit. Slightly out of place casting wise. He's very, he's still very good. And very I, good. I like, yeah, I like yeah. him a lot in the movie. Um, and it's a little bit like, you know, she is obviously a, uh, like she's a Hollywood casting, uh, type. She's mm-hmm. good. She's a good actor, but she's cast because she's also really attractive. Mm-hmm. And I feel like curly red hair, curly <laughs> red hair, all this stuff. Yeah. And the fact that he is not attractive sort of makes it feel a little bit wonky. Like it plays better in the second half. I think half that's actually a good thing. I think when, that, it, when it becomes it, a clear, it becomes event, an yeah, important exactly. part of the plot yeah. that they're like, yeah, you know. I think I think you're I think you're completely right. It's it's like in the first half of the movie, you're like, I bet this would go on a little bit longer before they had sex. Right. <laughs> yeah. She's like, maybe we'll find somebody. <laughs> <laughs> but it was kind of funny because they, they 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 decide they're driving around, they're looking for people, right? So they actually decide to stay at a quote unquote motel, right? right? Because right. Why not? Right. But there's no one to check in, and it's like, it's like, should we get two rooms or whatever? Is this thing, and that's sort of what leads them to right. have sex. But what was really funny is like they have sex, or whatever. But then he gets a phone call. <laughs> yeah, right. and it's like your uh, breakfast delivery is or uh, service. Are you here for breakfast? And he's like, ah, ha, ha, laughing about it. Right. And then she comes in wearing an apron and serves some breakfast. <laughs> And then she turns around and she can see that she's actually completely naked underneath behind a behind the apron, which is a hilarious gag. Just saying it's really funny. It's very cute. The whole thing's very playful and very cute. Yeah, it's it's a good it's a good gag. They like their their relationship is very believable. I would say the relationships between all the actors in the movie is is very viable. And uh, for people that I had, you know, that you're getting in a million dollar movie that you've never seen before. This is a 
this is a good bit of casting. They did. It's also a really great lesson in exactly how to make a movie seem like a whole lot more. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. how to get value out well, of it. Well, the key like, is not to have anybody else in it. So right. Like, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> like catering was literally a guy with a subway. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like that's it. But I think there's also like just, you know, stick with a really interesting story that allows that flexibility and then get those important shots, like the plane shot and the, this shot, you know, uh, just try to figure out how you're going to make those shots work, um, which is, I think, really cool. Honestly. Um, then the other thing was, um, uh, he is starting to, he is looking at certain, he's measuring certain things that are happening, uh, variables on a planet, right? Like the, uh, the, the, how bright the sun is, the color of the sun. And he's like, I think the sun's light is pulsating, like something's going on. Right. Yeah. Uh, another thing that we start to discover, and I forgot where we discovered it, but he starts to figure out like the science that they were trying to develop uh, was a means of creating power in the atmosphere. Yes, right. So yeah. that airplanes and stuff could power themselves just by flying through this energy field. Right. Which is how they talk about powering cell phones and actually everything. Right. right. It's like, like there's, it's a, it's a very, um, uh, who's the, not, uh, uh, it's a very, te- uh, Tesla, the person idea. Right. Uh, you know, and, uh, Musk. and yeah, not, not, not Elon Musk, but actually, but Nikolai Tesla from the 18th. Yeah. 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 And so like Nik- Nikolai Tesla has, was very invested in that kind of concept. Right. And like, uh, one of the sort of like interesting things about the movie is that there's like, there's a, uh, they don't have to explain it very much nope. to uh, to get you to buy on. You know, get it's you called Project Project Flashlight. That's what it was called. Project Flat, very believable name, by the way. Yeah, I was like, yeah, like that's like like there's a Project Starfish, which was uh, detonating nuclear weapons in uh, in space, which they did. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so they like they get they get all these little nice little notes. Very, you know, they nail it on these. In they also totally said the Americans were in charge of this, and we were just doing what the Americans were telling us to do, which yeah, is exactly. also... <laughs> yeah, 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 exactly. And yeah. so apparently this is a whole cycle around the planet or whatever, and they're in New Zealand, so they're like one of the little stops of this whole energy field thing, right? And so they're like, we're just doing what the Americans told us to do, which is... There's definitely a slide about that, which right. would tie in very well with Dr. Strangelove. That's the thing, I think. That yeah. Like, yeah, 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 for also sure. a stop for us in our astronaut program. Oh, yeah. is that true? Yeah, because there were huge uh, communications, uh, apparently, because there's a lot of footage of the moon the landing that was in a, it's almost like a place that looked like what you saw, the little dish, looking mm-hmm. up. And what they had to do is that the relay would come to them. They yeah, because they were, it. because the, or the moon was on the other side of the planet. At that they point. would tape it, and then right. they would send the tapes, uh, the trans, send it, you know, copy, take that tape and then string that tape mm-hmm, mm-hmm. to uh, Houston or wherever. It right. Was. Because, yeah, Houston was so probably on the other side of the planet. They used them there. Yeah. Uh, the U.S. used them for their space programs. Right. right. That's fascinating. Yeah, that's really interesting. So the, all those tapes were found actually mm-hmm. in a abandoned a military base that you housed that dish. That's interesting. Yeah. Yeah. yeah they, get, they, they get a lot of great, like by getting those little bits right. It goes a long way towards broad believability. You know? Yeah, and it's yeah. just enough. 
Yeah, it's just enough. It's a little breadcrumb, and they sort of like you put it together in your head, and it really works. And he, he and it hinted as like, did, did that, you know, did you see that? Like, there's a little blips that happen in the right. film where like, like things go black and white or or negative for a second, yep, or half right. a second. And they and do then, some like some old school like almost video toastery stuff as well. Yeah. Like, it must have been pretty yeah. experimental at, the, at that time. Yeah, it must have been pretty weird. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, but, but you had the most sort of reacting going like, did did, did you? Did that just happen? Weird. Right. Did something strange happen? Yeah. And 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 it's it's yeah, it's very interesting how uh, how that dynamic sort of happens between them. But anyway, they're in another town uh, and they're looking around, and he decides to she drops her off and he decides to drive down this alley that is blocked in one side and he's going to block on another side and then suddenly as he's trying to back out of the alley a truck slowly rolls in blocking him in and then he gets a little freaked out about it he goes up to the truck to try to see who's in the truck there's no one in the truck he's looking trying to find it and then some guy you know assaults him gun. yeah he was like he has a machine gun yeah right. exactly right and it's a big, big uh, uh, black guy, but I think he's native New Zealand. I think that's he's I think, that, I think that's true. Yeah, right. Yeah. So but, like, to... And and what's interesting in the movie is like there's a they they deal a little tiny bit with racial tension in the yes. movie, right? Yeah. They don't like make like a big big deal about it, but they do uh, let it be part of the tension that's happening. And yes. I think that's a really that's a really because they don't lose sight of what they're but the overall, like they don't let that overwhelm the movie, but it's great that they included it as sort of a base level that makes you very uncertain as to what will happen between these people. Right. And, uh, and they, re- and that they recognize it and it's the constant presence, even though it, uh, like, so that when things turn out differently than you expected it to, it's actually, it reinforces the believability again. Sure. Like, and like, it's like, you think, Oh, they're going to do this. Oh, they're doing this. And so, like you, like it makes you trust the movie a little bit more, and that the movie sort of thinks that stuff through is uh, is really appreciated. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so you think this is going to be a big old, you know, shootout blowout, but it turns very quickly to like, oh my god, you know, I'm glad we see it, and they all give each other a hug. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like that, and this, it's a weird moment. Uh, like, like I guess, like it's literally like he's like got the guy at gunpoint, and he's trying right. like. Take me to the, you know, the other person you know is this lie, whatever it is. Right. And then when they all get together, like, they, it's the same overwhelming experience, and they all just you know, like hug and a. But it, it was I forgot what it was. It's something the guy says to him, like, "Why mm. didn't you?" It's like, "Well, why the hell would I do that? I'm the last, per-, like, you know, like, right. why would I do that?" Right. It was like, it was like, oh, right. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Because <laughs> this is like the the. the so I made a um I made a movie for I made a short film for Fox uh, a while ago which was I do sport. remember that yeah it was right, a yeah. sort of uh, sort of was, a prequel to the Apes stuff right yeah it was, a, it was in association with Planet of the Apes and like because they made um they funded three short films to give a little backstory between the first and the second movies right mm-hmm. and uh, we ended up winning like a SS set we won a Webby Award and it was well received and all this great stuff and it was good but like my my episode I, I wrote it and directed it and my episode was essentially how um people you know it's like a society is starting to collapse um uh in the short like i had people like like they they get much more communal and started trading stuff and being much more open and close-knit about everything 
um, than they had previously been. And which to me seemed realistic because like, you're not going to like hole up in your house and be afraid of everybody. You're going to try to form a community that's tighter because you're, you feel safer and more connected that way. Right. Sure. Um, but the amount of people in, in the, uh, YouTube comments who are like, this would never happen. People get desperate and start killing each other immediately. And I would hold myself up and make a concrete bunker. And I'm just like, that's not how people think. <laughs> like, and my evidence of that. Oh, did we lose you again? No, no, no you're back. Yeah. Okay, I'm back. Yeah. Okay. Uh, in chat, let me know if I disappear. Yeah. Like, yeah. You're good. Um, but yeah, that, uh, like if you look around this, and so like, I love Mad Max movies, but if there was a ho- horrible apocalyptic event, I don't think we'd spend too much time trying to kill each other over who makes the best race cars. Like, I think we would try to build a society again because that's why we have a society in the first place. We're right. able to do that very thing. And so, so to see it in a movie like this, it just reckon, I was just like, it's so, it's such a trope that like, oh, you know, there's a disaster. And then we're all just going to fucking kill each other and be bad. Like yeah. that's the way that movies. But that's, that's exactly what I'm saying is like, I think people think that's not how movies are. Your zombies movies supposed to start like this, do this, yeah, do that. Exactly. Like, it's like, no, it doesn't. Yeah. It, it doesn't have like, it's it like, it likely would not happen like that. Right. And why are we addicted to the fantasy of it happening like that? Like it makes for, Hey, Mad Max is a great movie. I'm not saying don't make that. They're movie. doing the same, the, the same dude. It's the same thing with star Wars. No, I need to see the millennium Falcon. I need to see Chewbacca. I need to be a, I've got to see a death star blow up. You know, this is what has to happen. Right. Oh, I oh, need dude, to see, yeah. I need to see a T-Rex. I need to see the, you know, right. like this is Jurassic park. It's like people want to see all that stuff over because that's comfort. what they want. That's the comfort food. Right. It's, it's comfort. It's like, it's so it like, it's risky to watch something new and it's scary to invest your feelings in something that may go wrong. And if you see a baby Yoda doll, you can go, Oh, I love Yoda. And you feel instantly fine. And so the more you have of that, the more, you know, fucking popcorn, you're just like, Oh, and I can, I can be comfortable yeah. in my movie seat. The better it is, you know, in the immediate sense, long-term, you know, it's what terrible. was the, the the thing on uh, on South Park? The member berries, member, member berries, yeah, exactly. <laughs> member berries, member, remember when they, yeah, exactly. remember the six million dollar man, yeah. Like I've got oh, okay, great. so remember it, when 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 we for anybody who's seen um, <laughs> Disney's uh, Andor, right, this new Star Wars show. I know you keep talking about. It. Like this show is terrific. Like it is no member berries, it's zero member berries, no lightsabers, no fucking no lightsabers, no lightsabers. No oh. lightsabers, no uh, Darth Vader ripoffs, no Boba Fett's, like 100% new shit all the time. Serious. And how did the fans reply to that? That's Half really of them fucking hate it. <laughs> it's the lowest rated Star Wars show uh, that is out. And have and I've been I've argued online incessantly with people who are just like that's not Star Wars. I'm just like what you are saying is that's not Star Wars Here's because it's good. <laughs> how do you think then about creators knowing that they're creating something pardon me i might have to get a coffee guys but creating like a director or a writer coming in knowing you're basically making comfort food there's no challenge in it oh yeah sure it's like 
after a while, you'd be like, fuck it. I just, you know, you know what they do get though? They get a lot of money because they, and so that's why those movies are expensive because people get, take the money, but it's like, there are probably people who are, all they do is work on those kind of shows. Yeah. For sure. I mean, the thing is, I mean, like, and I don't hold it against the, I mean, that's a good gig, man. If you get like a few million bucks in your pocket and like, I do it once. Yeah. That's right. I mean, like Chloe Zhao doing the Eternals. Like Chloe Zhao is one of the great directors of actors probably ever. Right. And she's like, yeah, I'll take an Eternals movie. You bet. And she does yeah, it. And she has like, I'm not X many millions. The making of the money. I'm right. saying there are people whose whole careers are just doing this sure. Star Wars stuff and it, or Avengers. And it's like, I, to make something that's not challenging after a while, it's like, eh. I mean, if people are into it, you know, if that's, they just like the challenge of that job, then I can't say that's bad. But like, yeah, I do. so diplomatic. Well, I just think it like, it's like some of my favorite, uh, like, I love Peter Himes, right? Yeah, Peter Himes made, like, made some of my favorite action movies. And he also did 2010, right? And 2010, which I love, right? That's like a fucking work for her. I'm higher movie. They're just like, listen, we're going to make Capricorn fucking... one. <laughs> he did Capricorn one for Christ's sake. Outland. Uh, yeah, Outland's pretty good. Yeah, it's fucking awesome. Uh, no, I love Peter Himes. He's amazing. And especially if no one's ever heard of it, uh, 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 busting with, um, uh, what do you call it? Elliot Gould and Robert Blake, uh, and, and, uh, Alan Garfield. Amazing movie. Amazing. Movie. But anyway, so like, I love a lot of journeyman directors like that. And so like, I don't hold it against them, but in terms of like, I, for me, it's like the reason why they're doing these things is because we pay them to do it. You know, it like, it's in our control. No one's stopping them to do it. Yeah. Listen, like it's just, it, half the people, they just want to feed, see Chewbacca and the Millennium Falcon. Right. That's what they want. Right. I was like, I, I personally, I think, well, one didn't want to just watch the original Star Wars and you can keep watching it over exactly. and over again. Right. As I mean, opposed to that's fine. forcing them to make it again. And the thing is, like, it's, <laughs> and the thing is, if they, if they just make no it no different than they are, because I'm just going to make money and spew this shit out. And right. the person who buys it, it's like, I just want to not be challenged. I just want to it. This but part. I'm okay. Listen, I'm okay with know, the original Star Wars because I liked it and I still think it's a good film. I'm not talking about the original Star Wars. I'm talking about returning the same butter churner over in making this margarine. Right. Well, like, I'm if, saying it's a cycle of everyone dependent upon each other, right. but at the same time, it's like art really doesn't, you know, our industry doesn't move forward if, if people say, you know what, fuck it, I'm going to just make my next uh, oh, Quiet Earth. And right. they're not. They're just right. taking the money. And I understand everyone wants money. I need more money in my life. Right. But at the same time, this cycle will never end. So all these complaints that you guys have about this and this, unless somebody starts to step out of the comfort zone and then try to challenge the citizens that pay for this. Well, this, this is the well, this we is good the for a podcast because we can keep right. talking about this shit forever. Well, and, like uh, it, it does happen, and I'll tell you why. I'll, I'll give you an example. Of course, it, it happens. Happen. Yeah, yeah. Because the, the some guys at HBO decided, you know what, we're going to we're going to take this book that people think are really popular, and we're going to start making a, a movie out of or a series out of it, Game of Thrones, right? And the first season was verbatim the book, right? And people are like, this is weird because a lot of people haven't read the book and they got into it and it, it got really, really big, right? And it was huge and it wasn't based on any other thing. It was based on a book, but they took a chance and it was cheaper in the first season and it got more and more expensive as it came along sure. as it got better, right? <laughs> and so there you go. They took a chance. Now, it's also funny is you can also take that same concept where Amazon goes, we're going to buy the, the Lord of the Rings rights and oh my God. 
Yeah, Look at how much money they threw at that. <laughs> okay, so Lord of the Rings, that Lord of the Rings show, I watched three episodes of it. I and, watched the whole thing. Okay. Is it is the rest of it any no. good? Okay. Because, like, <laughs> I tapped out in the middle of the third one. Uh-huh. And, like, I'm not saying that there wasn't good stuff and there wasn't beautiful stuff. No. But, like, there was... Well, at $60 million per episode, it better be beautiful. Like, I was That's just so like... Crazy. It, it was just like I, I... Like, I wasn't... I was seeing... I was completely unengaged. Like, I was just like, I don't care about anybody here. It's occasionally pretty. That's not enough for me to spend my time on. Like, it's just that there's no, there's no thing here. Right. And, uh, and with like with that and with the way that Star Wars is going on, all this, like, I don't begrudge people loving stuff. Like, love it. I don't, I'm not going to, I'm, if, if you love uh, Rings of Power and I say, I, and I don't, then I'm wrong. Like, as far as you go. Like, I'm not going to convince you not to love something. Love it. That's what I, I wish I could love it also. That's great. So if you love uh, goofball uh, eight-year-old Leia being chased through the woods by Flea in, uh, you know, the new Obi-Wan Kenobi show, I think it's terrible. But if you think it's amazing, watch that, please. <laughs> I'm not, I don't want to get in anyone's way. Enjoy yourself. You know, right. I've not, it's, I don't have any judgment about that. But what I don't want is for people to watch Andor did you are you still there? Hold on. Hold still on. There? You're back. You're back. Okay. I like, think you keep you keep moving your mic. Maybe that's what's going on. You're getting uh, very animated, which is po- totally fine. <laughs> there you go. Let me see if I got this plugged in. All right. So yeah, I'm all, I'll stay back here. The, yeah. uh, Andor, you said Andor was the last word you said in any okay, so, <laughs> Like what I want is for when they take a risk like Andor. Right. Like I want the people that love the Obi-Wan show, uh, which I don't like to not get in the way of the fact that I like Andor, just like I didn't get in the way of them loving Obi-Wan. Right. Like don't, don't say we're going to like, we need to have Kathleen Kennedy fired and petitions and get it. Are they really saying that? Oh yeah. It's like, they fucking hate it. They hate it. And they hate it because it, uh, they don't like the idea of other people loving star Wars wrong. Like dudes, you don't have to watch it. Isn't this the same thing? Isn't this like Trekkies? Yeah, exactly. It's like this is the thing. It's like I di- please make all of the all of the trash did, Star did, Wars you want. Didn't please. Trekkies really get upset when they the 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 the, the, the what's JJ Abrams one came out? They're like yes, yes, right. Yeah. And I know because, plenty of people, right? Because they're like there is a way. Apparently, and tell me if I'm wrong, but apparently there's a book on how ships need to be shot. Yes. How, like yes. there is a like there is a specific style that's supposed to be followed for Star Trek that was violently, yeah, of course. You know, it's like, and the thing is, like, I mean, like, I'm like, I am a huge fan of the original Star Trek show. Like, I've seen the original sure. Star Trek show a zillion times, um, uh, and I saw the new Star Treks, and everyone's super mad about them. I have plenty of close friends that are very mad about them, and I was just like, well, those are pretty fun movies. Like, it doesn't feel like a doesn't feel like Star Trek to me, but who fucking cares? They're kind of, it's kind of a fun action movie. You know? Right. And I'm, and I'm totally fine with that. It's okay. And like, and the thing is like, I already put up with, you know, decades of multiple Star Trek shows that it, I think are terrible TV, you know, but <laughs> like, I'm just like, well, go with God, man. If you like that stuff, then if you like Neelix and the, and the what, and the goofy jokes, it's all you that go for it. Absolutely. No, no harm, no foul, but don't make that the protected industry like because that's going to lead nowhere 
you know, like with Star Wars, like make all the shitty Star Wars you want, but don't lock it down. So the only thing we get is shitty Star Wars because that makes you feel safe because then then it will just die. Like all the creativity and all the interesting stuff, because the original Star Wars is a fucking crazy indie film. People forget that, you know, like that was unlike anything anyone had ever seen. That's why it blew up, you know, and uh, and. And now they want to, the companies, as we talked about in the other episode with Apocalypse Now, it's like the Disney wants, wanted to turn that into something reproducible consistently, like they're making Twinkies, you know, and eventually you, you can't just eat Twinkies, you'll die. Like, that's it. No offense to Twinkies. Have you seen, have you seen Super Size Me? Remember the guy who eats Big Macs every day? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. You know, and so like, that's, that's the deal. Like something, whatever it is, like when Quiet Earth comes out, you know, no one should be coming and saying that needs to be more like Mad Max. Like it doesn't. <laughs> in fact, the fact that it's not like Mad Max should be celebrated. Like yes. let's, this is inventive. Like look at this fucking thing. And in fact, you know, it was cool was when Mad Max came out, nothing had been like that before. Nothing was like that before. And that's, and what that's made what, Mad that, Max cool. And that's, and that's like with Fury Road, when Fury Road came out, like Mad Max had never been like that before. He's right. just like, I'm not going to fucking just make Mad Max again. Like I'm going to make it crazy. Yeah. And you might be, if you're on board, you're on board. If you're not, you're not, but it is totally new. Yes. In yeah, even regards why? to itself. Hot chicks. Oh, of course. <laughs> Clearly. No, before, and Tom Hardy. <laughs> yeah, but before it was like if there was a gay subtop, subtext. Oh, yeah. So, Good guy. And, and, uh, humongous. Yeah, was that one guy looked like, um, what's his name? Judas Priest. Yeah. The singer. Yeah. And when he's on the bike. Oh, it's terrific. And, thing. and it's, it was very much, I think, uh, British Steel was around that time, too, the album by Priest. And so there was that kind of whole... Uh, thing going on, and you could pick up that vibe. You know, like, and, both, both uh, sides of Road Warrior. The new one is just beautiful women all stacked. The fertility well, was like right. Well, and it's because it's because they chose to make a movie about how uh, women are like uh, how women are controlled, even with uh, their own beauty. Like everything about the movie, it's a feminist movie, and yeah. and like they awesome. so so the very fact like. Uh, they have like all these incredibly gorgeous women. The reason why those are the focus of the movie is because the, the misogynist patriarchal leader is like, I want the hottest women. And <laughs> Don't like, start that's it. judging people. <laughs> okay. Uh, I do want to say that, uh, Jason, that's a too much baddest cargo, which is pretty funny. Too much baddest uh, cargo. And I would like to use that segue. Uh, to post our new th- uh, threadless store in there. Yes. We have a bunch of new stuff. I know I, I'm trying to push our merch because this is right, you know, time for for the holidays. If you guys want to purchase some stuff, we do have some great new things in our store, including a T-shirt that says too much escargot. If you guys want to buy those, those are great. And there's a lot of other cool things in there, but go ahead and check out that stuff. Uh, for those of you who are listening to this podcast and you want to know what the th- it's, it is, uh, martinigiant.threadless.com. Uh, you can check it out. There's a lot of cool stuff in there. Uh, okay. Now, uh, back to where were we? Quiet right. Earth is an amazingly inventive uh, indie film. For right. But the, the, back to the plot. The three of them have met together and are, are together now. Now, there is obviously slight tension, but they're trying to really get along for the most part as to what's going in terms of what's going on. 
the the new guy, the big guy, he is uh oh right, this is an important part of it. They sort of try to figure out how the three of them were alive uh, uh and everyone else is gone, right? And right. so we found out that he, the big guy, was being drowned by his friend and was dying. Right, right. Because he was in a fight with his friend. And then that's when suddenly his friend disappeared. Yeah. And then she said, oh, I was electrocuted by my hairdryer. Right. And they come to realize, I, oh, we survived because we, when the event happened, we, we were, were dead. We were dead. Yeah. That's funny because the, uh, there was the other guy who was in the middle of watching Titanic and then he ended yeah. up. And there it is. And yeah. He ended up a podcasting. Uh, this movie again is going to kill me. Right. Uh, and then he's in there. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Now, I that I thought was the coolest part of the film. I yeah. love the uh, when the guy is strangling the guy in the river and the guy vanishes. That's a beautiful shot when you're looking at the guy's back. And, right. and the camera basically dissolves through the guy. And right. it's like, it's just a dissolve. Like they, they didn't do any trickery. No, it's really clever though. It's, it's a really, really good way really to do it. really great shot. I was like, this is like the imagery in this movie is occasionally like absolutely mind blowing. Yeah. You know, and like, and just, I want to throw just an example. Like there's a, there's a beautiful cut in this movie from when he's like, he's just fucking around. And like, when, this is when he's like living in the rich place and going to the shopping mall and doing all right. the things. Right. There's this awesome shot when he is like, first he's trying on a suit, right? And he yeah. goes, he sort of goes, he freaks out because he sees two people standing behind him and they turn out to be mannequins, man and right. wife, right? And then the next shot, you see him like in a toy store watching a little train go around, right? right? And he's like, hey, he smiles at that. And then he is in a train using it like a toy. Like he's in the conductor seat. He's like, like this. Yeah. And the mannequin from the other shot is there. Yes. <laughs> Just like... That is fucking gorgeous, man. <laughs> like, yeah, you know it'd be fun, more fun thing. than having a little toy train going around. A real <laughs> train, <laughs> a real train, and I'm taking you with me, plastic lady. Yeah, it was just like this. Like it told such a quick, hilarious story in a single yeah. like two. Yeah, this whole like, thing is like 15 seconds. The whole thing. Oh, it's so fucking good, man. Yeah, yeah. So the, the movie is just jam packed with these these moments, which which really just took me like not. I was just not. You're not expecting, especially in a movie like this. Is what we're saying is like. Movies like there's so many movies like this. This is such a trope right. um, that uh, it's built in the checklist of things that you're going to see. And right. so when you see things that aren't on that checklist and they're really interesting, right? It's startling. And it's, yes. it's really, really interesting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So uh, very interesting things. So they they come they 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 uh, they get together. There's something mysterious about the the big guy. He is praying to his mother, and he does this whole thing, right? The woman asks him, why was your buddy trying to kill you? And he says, because I killed his wife. <laughs> uh, but uh, oh, are you back? Uh, oh, your audio. Your audio is on. in and out here. Hang on. Yeah. Should, I, should I leave and come back? I'm not no, sure. no, 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 no. Don't do that. No, don't, don't do, do that. that. Uh, so yeah, so it's like, because my, I killed his wife and they're like, whoa, okay. And so they start to have these doubts about him. Right. Um, but just, you know, to let you know, like to find out later, what actually happened is that his, that guy's wife was trying to have a, an affair with him. 
he rejected her, she committed suicide. She right. And so his buddy was bad about angry it, right? at him and tried right. to strangle him. So right. he didn't really try to kill his. But he still he still feels he feels the pain happens, that he, right. he that his that woman killed herself. Right. And so like you like this does in fact this does a kind of thing that the rest of the movie does in terms of its uh, uh, genre, right? Is that it messes with your uh assumptions of what the story yes. is going to do. Because you're like it is like, you know, here's this guy, this uh this black guy, he's got sort of a military right. vibe to him, and he says like I killed this guy, and you're just like is the movie going to go into this weird territory of like the, you know, this black guy is more angry mm. and blah, blah, blah. And instead it's like, no. And if you were thinking that, yeah. Maybe you're yeah. It does it to them it's because great. they're like, they're like, Oh shit. Right. I feel bad for thinking the things that I thought. Right. Exactly. So, exactly. so that's exactly. the, it, it totally, it, it constantly subverts right. you like that. Cause I mean, like, you know, you can be as, you know, like you can have, you can feel like, oh, I'm a good person. I have all, I, you know, I feel all the right things, but you can still have the reaction of just like, I hope that this movie isn't doing this kind of thing. Right. Right. And so it appears in your mind and the movie goes, did that appear in your mind? Yeah, exactly. You know, it's, it's really, really clever. You know, it's like, it's like the, uh, like one of my favorite, uh, intentional uses of this, uh, also is in, um, uh, 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 Django and, not Django, Django and Tange, rather Quentin Tarantino's, uh, um, uh, the, uh, Hateful Eight, when, um, Samuel Jackson is telling the story about, uh, Bruce Dern's son and how he killed him. And he's telling this really just, he's savoring torturing this old man, mm-hmm. right? With this story about he, about how he, uh, not just killed his son, but like absolutely, d- like from the, uh, like he's constructing a story that will cause maximum offense to this racist, homophobic old man. Right. right? And he's telling, he's weaving the story. And of course, Samuel Jackson is one of the best actors of all time. And the camera's getting closer and closer on his face. And it just goes, so like, it gets to the, 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 the peak of the story. And he just, it almost looks in the camera and says, you got pictures in your mind, don't you? (laughs) (laughs) And you're like, oh shit, I do. (laughs) Right. Like, it's like, it's not just like the movie puts you in the position of being the racist old man. Right. And and goes, how come these things sound believable to you? Right. Like, like you are operating on a lot of weird assumptions right now. Right. And, uh, and that subversion is one of, that's one of my favorite things. I like, and I always say it. I love when movies turn the gun on you, you know, whether it's literally like in Goodfellas, right? Trend robbery. And it goes bam, 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 right in the camera's lens or whether it makes you the bad guy in some ways. So you analyze yourself and your own motivations. Quiet earth does this brilliantly in the last third. It's absolutely terrific. Yeah. 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 So we start to get a few more details about what's, going on he mentions a few things and this is i thought it was really great the way they did the 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 quote-unquote science behind it they have they're saying that there's instability in the universe right now and goes and the way i know that is because the there are several constants in the universe and one of those constants is the 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 electron charge of an of an electron all right the the unit charge of an electron (laughs) which is which is now wobbling between two different values right. and it's changing at a different rate mm-hmm. like, you know 
And so he says, something is going to weird is going to happen. Like we had this moment and goes, and we're going to have another one. <laughs> and it says, and it's, and he says, and as he does that, then they have this moment where everything gets freaky weird again, but the world starts turning and he starts walking on the walls. It's a little bit, and it's That's just great. Yeah. Great yeah. shot. Good. Love it. Love it. And love it's, it. and it's just, it's the editing and it's a, not a, it's a simple trick. There's a ways of making that happen where you just mm -hmm. rotate a room around kind of thing. Yep. Uh, that they did. On... Simple. You got to. I mean, it's a, it's a big. Yeah, you exactly. have to have a rig to make it happen, right? right. But they did. Yeah, well, the first the first person to ever do that. Who was that? It's what Fred Astaire, maybe. Fred Astaire, Fred Astaire right? Astaire, yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Fred Astaire dancing with on the, the three ceiling. of them. Yeah, yeah, but the three of them also walked towards the door. And yep, there's a couple of girls. And yep. they did and, it also in. Uh, uh, well, I think that the, the Nolan has probably seen Quiet Earth, for instance. Right. Like I think that because like there was something particularly Inceptiony about the way this worked. It's very Inceptiony. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So like it, it wasn't just like oh let's show off like this cool technique. It was like using this as a state of mind is the way that Nolan used it. Right. And uh, and uh, I, I I really think he's probably he's probably a fan. And like it's uh, it because we pointed out with Nolan before, like he's very proud of his influences, and it would be interesting too because like what it's like I think that Nolan is a huge fan of 2010. We mentioned it earlier because Interstellar is is 2010. Right. <laughs> like it's yeah. exactly the same fucking movie. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> so yes, I think that. But I think it's movie. really interesting, like because they do it in Quiet Earth, and again they do enough to really have an impact, but it's. Probably not that expensive. Like they, they yeah. only did it like just we'll yeah. take the dollars and make it work. Yeah, yeah exactly. It's just like we're, we're going to build this one. Like I, I bet that set was rickety as hell. Right. You know, like we got that. We got we can do this one time. Well, there wasn't a lot of movement on it. If you saw them, it was just kind of little. One of them was just a, a camera dodged, but the other right. one where right. um, the, 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 the guy uh, walks on the walls. Walls. Yeah. yeah. That was wasn't a huge walk. You know what I mean? Right. It was, right. It was it's, like, it's like if they legs. if they moved it at all, it was like three feet. Yeah. Yeah. It's but they, they they did that and they did some interesting sound design. And then what was great is that they sort of like went back to normal. It was like, what was yeah. that? Yeah. Like yeah. they didn't actually like it's almost as if they didn't walk on the walls. They imagined they did, you know, kind yes. of thing. That is totally the tone that it takes. Yeah. And it and it's very it's like did did that just happen? Like like what you know? And so he's like, was that the thing that's going to happen? He goes, no, that's a tremor. <laughs> Right. That's right. there. And you're going to the become more frequent. Be bad. Yeah. The real thing's going to be bad. Right. And so like, how do we solve this problem? Because and, there's going to be, a, it's going to happen. Well, the big one is going to happen at 6 24 AM tomorrow. Right. And so we have to figure out how to stop this. Otherwise we're dead. Like uh, the universe is going to be destroyed. Right. Like, and so they decide, of course, because this is always the solution a truck full of dynamite or a nuclear bomb. <laughs> that's, a, right. that's a little bit of the trope. But they decided they're going to take a truck full of dynamite and drive it into the uh, facility to blow up the thing that's been transmitting. This. To disconnect the network that they were building in the first place. Right. right. So you right. cut the, cut the wire, shall right. we say. Right. right? Um, so that's what he's going to, to do. Um, and then there's tension between them as they're getting there. And, He's missing. What did he say? He's, he's missing something. He has to go. Right. So like, yeah, he, he is like, he's like, well, I have a, a, a remote control thing that we can attach. to. Oh yeah. Yeah. He says we can't get any closer to it because the, there's too much microwave energy yeah. there and we would get cooked right. if we try to get in there. 
So how are we going to get the truck into facilities? It's, I have a remote because, and they had this, it was cool because they, they called back to it. He had a remote control thing that he was doing to do a remote control lawnmower as he was, right. when he was bored. And right. so they call it's like, I have it at the house. It'll take me a couple hours to go in and get it and come back and I can put it into the truck and right. drive it off. So it'll be a couple hours. Um, so as he leaves to do that, the big guy and the woman <laughs> decide that they're going to have sex. <laughs> yeah, right. Exactly. It's, it's, it's been building up for a while. Yeah. Like, like, the yeah, the two of them have been – she's been attracted to him. Yeah, and, because he's an attractive guy. And, and yeah. like as soon as she shows up, you're like, she is going to see – the difference between these two dudes. Yeah. <laughs> like, there's yeah. just no two ways about it. Yeah. That first guy kind of looks... Nerdy little white yeah. boy with balding yeah. with balding hair, and then this big like black this. guy. <laughs> sorry. sorry, my friend. That's not going to worry. So, oh, oh, he's gone? Okay, here. This yeah, is exactly. This is our chance. But what's, but what's really interesting is that they, they not only uh, build that relationship nicely so it's believable, right. but like they also keep the dialogue open between the first guy and her and he's aware that this is happening and he sure. sort of talks about it with her and like, it does like, it never falls into the jealousy you know, things, the jealousy tropes. Right. And right. what's even, what, and even though like they need the end of the movie, so it has like the Hollywood crash, the truck blow up the building ending. Right. Like they don't spend a lot what's of time. Something Keep going. Sorry. Okay. Yeah. So they, like they, they don't spend a lot of time, like all the characters, even as they're driving there, it's still about their weird feelings and struggles and conflicts. Like, sure. like, you know, it's like, they're just trying to get there and the guy's like, you know, just can't help but fuck with this other guy and just sort of like mess around with him. Like, like all this other, it's like, no matter what the focus is, they still leave it with these guys are still very messed up from their situation. And they're having st- emotional struggles. They actually mentioned that. It's like, how did you, did you go crazy? And it's like, he thought he was God. <laughs> yeah. He thought he was God. <laughs> yeah. He thought they're he was like, God. yeah. <laughs> you know, you know, yeah, and so like, like they don't like <clears throat> in the end of like whatever broken arrow, it's like all people can fucking talk about is the dumb plot. Like, like it's important, you know? And in this, they don't do that. Like they, they have the thing that they're going to do to end the movie, but even then they don't spend too much time like over detailing it. Right. 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 Uh, okay. And then, um, so, so after that happens, uh, they, they have sex while waiting for him. <laughs> right. Right. But then they also, the truck's there and they realize it's only been 20 minutes. Right. right. And so it was like, wait, how's the truck here? And they realized that he never went back. He, he just back, got the truck. He just truck. got the truck and he's going to drive it in himself right. and, and, and blow up the whole thing. Right. Right. Uh, so he does. Quick thing. Did you guys yeah. not find that like there was this whole uh with her she was came comes across as such an intelligent person hmm. and uh and equal to the guy, even though he wasn't believable as a scientist. And she falls for this guy, but all of a sudden she becomes this changed person because it's like she falls for a guy who basically committed murder. Right. In a sense. You know what I mean? But he it, didn't commit murder. He, I know, she finds but out. She, but she but, still, it, she changes as a person so much to, it becomes this, I don't, it just, fuck life. Before, it was like, I can control. Right. And then at the end, it's like, ah, fuck it. Let's just do it. It's, we're going to die anyway. Right. It was right. like completely two different people. Right. Because before, she was very much in control. I got the walkie-talkie. We're going to do lookouts. But right. Da, da, da. Then 
it's like it's not a negative of this guy is, but as soon as this guy came, that's how attractive he was. What you gonna do, man? But like, I I agree that like, because I I feel like the the she just gave up in a way, right? Because and the funny, the first time he sees her, she did kind of give up because she was dressed like a fairy tale, right? Right. You know, and then all of a sudden she just starts to that that whole rigid. Let's try to, and then he and her both are dismissive of science, Mm -hmm. even though he wasn't a believable scientist or somebody who understands what's going on. They just dismissed it, like, yo, you're part of the problem kind of thing, and all of a right. sudden, science right. is bad. Right, Because right, right. they're just like, fuck it, we're dying. Yeah, right. Right, for sure. That's why they weren't shocked either that he took the truck. Right. You didn't see a lot of coverage on that of them so much. You know, well, you it's it, because, like, what's interesting is, like, once the guy drives the truck into the place and it goes up, you never see those two again. That's right. Like, that's that. Like they, like you don't know what they live. They don't know. You don't know what happened to that universe literally at all. It just goes away completely. And, uh, which I think is kind of great. Um, just like for all the investment you have in that, their, that love story and like their interactions and all this kind of jazz, just like gone. And, uh, and it's, and it's really, it's just very strange. It feels strange. Uh, but I don't, I don't think it breaks the film. I think, I think it just, it's one of the many things. It breaks the film. Right. But it definitely is like they're probably just dead. It could be they're dead. Yeah. Could be. Who knows? Like it, and then like it, leaving it that open and just sort of like I just le- running up to the cliff of that story's end, right? Is like it does it does the same thing where it's like you have this investment in these characters and what they're doing, and there's a certain thing that you expect as a follow through, and then they just go, Nope. And it's a it's like a no country for old men thing. You know, where they're just like, no, it's not going to happen that way. It's going to happen a different way. And whatever you expected doesn't matter. And, uh, and so like, I, I, it's one of those things where I think they could have done this better, but I'm glad that they did it over not over other, over not doing it. Yeah. You know, like it's, it's a little tiny bit clumsy and like her emotional turns are extremely hard in this movie. Like she, like she has, she's forced to like pivot extremely hard on some things that right. I'm like, I feel like they just ran out of time uh, yeah. to, to cover that. Like you said. Um, but that said, like it, it's way better than just doing a low rent version of the Hollywood story. Yeah. No, no, no. I, I, no, I like the film and I probably watch it again. I thought it yeah. was a really well-made and I love the budget aspect of it. You talked about Chris. I really like the fact that it was kind of done on a cheap. Yeah, for sure. And by the way, that is a time when they were making movies and setting up shots like action and maybe some woman is walking with a shopping cart on the way back. And they're like, ah, right. we'll just, we'll just roto that out. Right. Keep yeah. going. But no, you can't do that. Like, you cannot do get that. that old lady. She walks down and clobber over the head. Clear Everyone the shot. Clear the shot. Right. That's where clear the shot actually meant something. And it was like, yeah, they really did. No planes above, you know? Yeah, no, yeah, some really guy something. coming out of the building holding a hamburger like, what? Oh, what? Whoa, sorry. sorry. <laughs> what are they shooting? Shooting? What are they doing over there? It's really, yeah, it's amazingly yeah. consistent. Like, I, I was like, I finally, I was like looking at I think it was like, great. I really loved how amazing. they like, Hold on the exact things that were, yes, you're going to go insane. Yes, the lights are going to go out. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yes, a plane's going to crash out of the sky. You know, like all of those things were so like, well, well done. Yeah, it's great. I mean, like the movie feels like this uh, weird mix of the first Mad Max, Bad Boy Bubby, 
and uh and like and like i don't know what the like and some sort of like i don't know like uh there's like it doesn't even feel like a science fiction movie at points it feels like some other experimental art film right you know and it's uh it's it's like i think it's like like i think that they you know i'm sure that they wanted this to be like a big successful hollywood style hit for new zealand Right. right um but i think that because it's new zealand and it's so out far outside of the uh the system that makes this stuff it, like even if they tried to make something really hollywoody they're going to accidentally uh you know make something that's really interesting like they're just going to be like well let's just fucking do these things which is what people in hollywood don't do right. <laughs> you know they like, don't take chances they they're in the position to take chances because that's the whole movie is a chance right. and so they like they they're not going to like might as well might as well go for the gold rather than than just repeat the same old shit again. And it's it's really worthwhile. So especially you watch this on Tubi. Like that's a perfect Tubi movie, man. Wow. Uh, it's on Canopy too. And Canopy, Canopy. You don't even get ads. <laughs> yeah. That's just great. That's just great. I also, yeah. by the way, like after I finished watching it, it loaded up like it's like people like this, you know, people who are like this also like that it had like Defcon Four and uh, uh Miracle Mile and a bunch a few other ones. I was like, man, I could just watch this stuff. 80s nuclear warfare movies all night long. Yeah. He's also got the Columbo. I started up on the Columbo. Oh, God bless Columbo, man. Description murder. <laughs> so good. Man, you, like, you cannot beat, uh, what's his face? Uh, the, uh, Peter Falk. Peter Falk, Peter Falk man. It's young Falk, man. He is it's something awesome. else. He is something else. Every, every time I saw that guy, I was like, that, that, he just, uh, like, not only is he charming, he seems like a really good person. Like, as a just as a as a guy, and so when he shows up in what uh, Wings of Desire and stuff like that, you're just like, this dude is an angel. It makes sense. Yeah, <laughs> like or Princess Bride, or Princess Bride. He's just got it's just this fountain of kindness coming from him all the time. It's so good. Yeah. <laughs> wow, I think it's enough of that. <laughs> <laughs> wait, wait, wait. This is a kissing part. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, anyway, so yeah, quite. Girl, you were fantastic. Quite, quite, quite. Crackers on the soup. Absurdist yeah. degrees. <laughs> I don't understand I... it. He worked for the CIA. It's like, Shell, you were fantastic. It's like, <laughs> I don't understand it. So, Bay of Pigs. The best. <laughs> you worked for the CIA. We have, we, have we covered that movie yet? That movie is hysterical. It is one of my. It, I have the script, the original script here. I can't tell you how much I love it. Oh my I have god. The original poster too. It's oh, like, dude, it's that movie is so fucking. That's like, Shell, uh, you were fantastic out there. <laughs> what? No. Flies <laughs> really carrying children away? That doesn't I make was... any sense. <laughs> <laughs> I'd have those photos, but my jacket was, I had them in my jacket, and it was martinized. So I've been getting National Geographic for 15 years. I don't, I've never seen anything like okay. this. This man's a nutcase. <laughs> I want him out of my life. Watching Alan. I'm Arkin. just a dentist from New York. <laughs> just stay there. Oh my god, so funny, so funny. What's the name of the woman that he leaves in the chair within the dentist chair? Oh, like, Mrs. Rothstein or something. Hold yeah. on, Mrs. Rothstein. I want to just... say you look fantastic. <laughs> yeah, well, we'll let it. Oh god, I love it. Buddy. Anyway, the in-laws. If anyone's following that conversation, that's the in-laws with uh, with uh, Alan Arkin and uh, Peter Falk. It's hysterical. Anyway, that's our first movie, The Quiet Earth, which we hardly Well, we have recommend. to say how it ends. Oh, yes. Sorry. How it ends. 
Here it is. Look, here it is. It, it, the, the, the tremor happens as a big one and uh, it does explode the whole event, but the tremor happens and he wakes up on the beach and this is what's happening behind him. Yeah. <laughs> and he re- and and this is actually the movie poster, which is a massive spoiler. It's a total spoiler. Right? <laughs> Good God. So we're spoiling and, it anyway. Here it is. So here it is. He, and he basically, like, you realize he's slipped into a different dimension, yeah. basically. He's like on a moon of Saturn or something. Who knows? Yeah. Yeah. But he's fucked again. Yeah. <laughs> but he's completely alone on the moon of Saturn or something that's crazy that's going on. And the thing uh, is, like, it doesn't even feel like a, a it, like it, for some reason, like the way that they truncate everything makes this ending work better than just a gag to me. Sure. Like, it's not just sort of like, uh, there's plenty of movies that pull some sort of like, you know, dumb, you know, whatever. Like Tim Burton's Planet of the Apes did this. We're just like, what? This doesn't fucking make any sense. Like, they're just doing it as a, as a, as a, as a dumb button, right? This right. movie, like, it, it feels like it says something about, this guy like there's all this shit that he got wrapped up in and still he's going to be in it again you know like right. his his hell is not yet done no matter what the fuck is going on like yeah. he is part of the reason why we are screwed and this is not going to end for him right. uh and so like it it feels more like a, the way the planet of the apes ends for instance the reason why the ending of planet of the apes works is because it's part of the statement of the film it's not just a joke like it, it actually underscores what the film is saying, and uh, and that's what this does as well. Like and uh, so original, they, original planet of the apes. The original, original. Those fool or whatever yes. he says on the beach. Yeah, you oh, maniacs. They yeah, scared exactly. the shit out of me as a child, and it oh, still scares fucking, the shit. It's out. still great. It's still great. Like that's just one of the great endings. That's a really good movie. Um, but uh, but yeah, like it, it like it, I love classic gags like that are great when because they don't feel like gags they feel like you know the perfect sum up of the statement of the movie all at once uh is great and quiet earth for six bucks pulls it off yes that, that is absolutely awesome to me it's a great one so if people think it's like what's a great post-apocalyptic film this is one yeah this is one that people you know, should always have on a list. And what's even better about it, it's not super scary about zombies or whatever, mm-hmm. but it makes a statement about mm-hmm. what that end of the world could be like. Yes. So yeah, yeah. Uh, it's a really, it's a really brilliant little movie. It's so like, yeah. like I said, it's a little ropey sometimes, a little lumpy, but what a swing! What a swing! It's uh, I, that's the little movie that could, dude. I, w- I wish I knew more about this when it was happening. I would have been yeah. a big champion of this movie. Well, I'm glad you were able to see it, and glad Eric, you were able to. to yeah, to do thank that. you for sharing that with us. That's yeah. a good. One. That was a really good. One. So now we're so going to talk the about first a movie. Time you've done something nice. In a way. It's, okay. it's like, true. I'm, well, you know, it is, it is in me. It's just not my nature. It's just not. True. <laughs> well, see, we know that Eric's a soft touch on sci-fi. So, oh, yeah. am I not just Mister Sci-Fi? <laughs> That's it, man. He's just it's like I absolutely love the Mandalorian. This is amazing. Oh. <laughs> with the lasers and like I just the, can't get enough of that little Yoda he's just oh, the most adorable it's and true. he has such wisdom oh it's so good it's so good look at his eyes it's yeah. amazing I gotta tell you that joking like that I can't tell you how many shows I've been on as a visual effects artist where I'm stuck in a room with guys and they talk about like the minute detail of Star Trek 
Which I think oh, I've Star seen. Trek or Star Wars or whatever. Star Trek, all that. Like, Trek just get into the minutia. I've, never, of that I've, I've yeah. seen one episode from the '60s, and I've never seen any Star Trek film, and I'm proud of it. I wear that badge. <laughs> there are. I would two sit there good and like films. I am going to jump off the roof because they're just like, well, I disagree, you know, well, and then and they cool off and go back to work, tippy tap, tippy tap on their keyboards, yeah. like. Well, anyway, you've seen that episode, haven't you? You know, like you know, questioning that guy's. This this is the thing, right? Is like, like I, shut. I up. don't understand. What, like like I said, anybody can love anything for any reason they want to. I'm not going to get anybody's hair about that. However, like what I find is really interesting is like to me the reason why I love old Star Trek isn't first of all I don't love it because it's kitschy. I don't love it because I'm making fun of it in some way. Like I actually love it. I think it's really brilliantly written uh, '60s TV. Right. And uh, like there's some a lot of dumb episodes, but there's mostly really good episodes. Uh, and I, so I feel the same way I do about the Twilight Zone. Like I'm just like, ah, oh, it's a really genius bit of uh, screenwriting for the, the 60s. And the 60s, a lot of TV in the 60s was basically one act plays. Yeah. Well, right? yeah, because most and of so, the writers came from that. Yeah, right. exactly. And so you had things like, uh, you know, they had shows that just did one act plays, you know. And, uh, and Star Trek was very much in that same zone. And that's why all these things are so memorable. It's like, these are all the great ones are really tightly written, very well balanced, interesting, thoughtful, moral one act plays. And that's why they're interesting and good. Right. And, but the reason why people, most people love Star Trek is all of the bullshit, weird, talky science stuff. I'm just like, it's not that that's not fun. But how is that the thing you glommed onto? Like, how is that, why is that so interesting as opposed to the structure of this episode is really, uh, this borrows from Tartuffe, you know, like this is a really fascinating bit of work, you know, like they don't do that. They're just like, well, how the phrasers work when you screw in the, th-? I'm just like, okay, that's cool. Love it. I mean, I'm into that stuff too, but that would be the last on my list of why this is interesting. And the, when they make the movies, it's the first thing on their list that they try to replicate. They don't try to have a really richly written one-act drama. They try to have as much snappy bullshit, special effects, nonsense, and all this chitter-chatter Also, about you know what they have? Duck. They have villains and heroes. And you know what didn't have villains and heroes? The Quiet Earth. The Quiet Earth. No villains and <laughs> That's heroes. Right. That's right. right. It always has to be a good guy and a bad guy, a white hat right. and a black hat, and it's right. just bullshit, Right. So I've had this conversation before. Uh, but we speaking of good guys and bad guys, <laughs> we gotta talk about Dr. Oh, Strange Love because no, no, it is it is we gotta take a break though. Do we? Well you I wanna just get a refreshment. You go, go ahead, take a break. So, uh I will while you're doing that, I'm gonna remind people about a few things. Uh if you are in the giving mood, <laughs> we would love your support on Patreon. And I'm putting our Patreon address here. Uh, several of you have joined, a couple of you have joined before, but uh, we'd love to have you on as well. Uh, this will definitely help us. So the Patreon page is there, uh, and this will help support us. And if you, if you are <laughs> like that, uh, if, if you are on our Patreon page and supporter, then I'd also invite you to uh, come to our Discord, uh, which has been uh, pretty active. And uh, you can be a, a members of our subscribers-only section on our Discord go ahead and click uh, that link to join the Discord, and we'd love to see you there. You don't have to be a Patreon uh, subscriber to be on our Discord, but if you are a Patreon subscriber, you get special access on our Discord. So that is 
that. Uh, but while Eric's getting a refreshment, uh, what have you been up to? Uh, I'm, um, uh, I can't, I can't exactly say what I'm working on, but I'm, I've switched jobs. You've got a new recently. job. Yeah. And, uh, can you say generally like what you're doing? I can doing? say really loosely. I don't, I don't know if I can say even who I'm working for on the job, but, uh, De- like definitely I, not say who you're working for, but yeah. you say you're, can you say that you're, I'm writing. You're yeah, writing. I, there you I'm go. Writing. That's what I was going to say. That I, I can say that I'm You're I'm, doing I'm, a writing I'm, gig, I'm which is on, awesome. Yeah, I'm a, I'm a writer on a major project. Uh, right. It is not it is not a film or TV project. It's uh, it's a, in a it's medium a different that thing. I, yeah, it's in a media that I've worked in before um, right. uh, long ago, uh, and uh, it's nice to be back doing that stuff. It's uh, because the visual effects industry has uh, been kind of a rough ride, and uh, it doesn't look like it's going to get any better for me. So I've uh, I've been aiming towards reorienting my career path, and so far so good. We'll see if it see if it takes. Right, but uh, yeah, it's it it puts my uh, my rambling skills that are always on display on Martini Giant to good use. <laughs> oh, you need some blather? You bet. Yeah. <laughs> I got that in spades. Yeah, that's, that's good really stuff. great. You so, talk about your new gig. Yeah, the new gig. Yeah. So, so I'm yeah, I'm being coy as to who it is for or what it is. Yeah, I, we can't uh, talk about that. I uh, I will happily say that it is writing and it is nice to be paid to write. That is good. And uh, if uh, if and when I can detail what that is, I will definitely do so. Okay. And I do want to say that when we're talking about Dr. Strangelove, which is going to be the next film, speaking of uh, budgets from The Quieters, which was, I believe, 1985. Am I correct? Yes. And Dr. Strangelove, 1963. Is it 63? Really? 64. Oh, yeah, yeah, because it's right after – it's shortly after Kennedy, right? Kennedy, uh, after Kennedy was assassinated. Yes. Uh, it's uh, 60, 62, 60, 64. Yes. So, uh, do, if you, do any of you know what the budget is on Dr. Strangelove? I do not. Do, guess. 8.3. I'm going to say, no, I'm going to say three. 1.8. There wow. we go. It's a good-looking movie. And I know what? If you really look at it, because I watched Stop it after footage. Quiet Earth, and I was like, this is actually super efficient filmmaking as well. Yes. yes. Super. That's what it's about. And the, you know the, what uh, they use is so funny is they use Ken Adam, who was he's no longer with us, but he was the great production designer. He did all the Bond films. So yeah. those sets, I mean, oh, they're must, magnificent. He must have the War Room set was the expensive well, that's bit. That's the thing. But that, well, it's not, because it's those walls not, are right. in shadow. It's all black. Yeah. Black. Yeah. But yeah, the point just, is, he's his scale ruler is so different because yeah. everything is mega. Like yeah. in the Bond films, it's not yeah, just an right. office; it's a oh, huge yeah. office. Yeah, it's and, like, uh, or Donald Pleasance's uh, bad, bad guy place in whatever it was. Uh, you only live twice. It's right. just like it's phenomenal looking. It's it's gargantuan. <laughs> like it's just ridiculous the sense of scale. Yeah. And so yeah, like just to the war room, you see the 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 uh, Eric's shown off like the uh, the production design for the war room before, and it's just like oh. So I'm gonna change our background so it's now. Oh yeah, that's room. right. It's so... there it is. There it is. <laughs> We're in the war room now. There we go. Nice. <laughs> so yeah, like it's so it's it talk about efficient. Like it's so efficient at conveying scale. Like right. it's very like it's just circle, circle, big squares, right? Right. And uh, and because the big those, board, the big board, the big board. <laughs> uh, it's like it's squares and these little glowing dots, the and all this part. stuff. And it's the competition between these simple shapes that makes this thing super big. Yeah, you know, vast blackness beyond that, 
And then you get to see perspective by angling the big board in really arch ways, right? And then you get this sort of like roominess with the the circles, like the circle lights and the circle table. And right. uh, it's, it's a brilliant combination of very simple touches that make it look fucking completely epic. Brilliant, right. brilliant bit of fun. The War Room. Ladies and gentlemen, The War Room. So I do want a little plug for a friend of mine. Actually, Eric, you know him as well. Carlos Fueo, right? Carlos Fueo did uh, a series of uh, real-time uh, Unreal uh, spaces that you can walk around. And he made a book out of it, and it's called Layers. Layers. And it's all these layers, yes. layers yeah. of, uh, uh, for like evil layers of people in movies. And he did the War Room as one of them. Uh, he also did the, the, the room in Ex Machina and a couple other places like that are really great. But the, right. the one, the Dr. Strangelove one is awesome. So Carlos is really cool. Go check it out. If you, I think it's just called layers and Carlos mm-hmm. Fueo looked that up. It should be, you should get something. Um, okay. So, uh, I don't know how many people, and there's a bunch of people still, uh, that are watching here. Just let me know if you guys have not seen Dr. Strangelove. First of all, it is one of the, arguably one of the funniest movies of all time. I, I do believe it has top three, to be. top three for sure. Yeah. Like right. it's probably for me, it's like Tootsie young Frankenstein and this, I was going to say blazing saddle instead of blazing. Saddle might be my number four, but yeah, it's right there. Yeah. 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 It's, it's what it's like. If virtually every line is quotable from every Dr. line, the insane. entire film is just so, so funny. Yeah, but it is not jokey. No, it plays it totally straight. That's makes it, it plays hysterical. it very straight <laughs> and slow and methodical. Mm-hmm. Yep. Right. This is not a fast paced film. Right. It is this like is, it is a slow, intense spy thriller. Like that's the tone that it takes. It's just that what it's shooting is ridiculous. Is ridiculous on purpose <laughs> because on purpose. it needs to make a parody. Of how ridiculous we are the, the real in the Cold is. War. The Cold right. War is how ridiculous the Cold War is. Yes. Like really, really ridiculous. Yes. Uh, which is very, very funny. Because like the uh, Kubrick uh, was – after the Cuban Missile Crisis, I, I understand from another documentary on this, that um, Kubrick was really like shaken to his core after that. Like he is like – I got to do something to address this because this is, that is legitimately the most terrifying thing I've ever experienced. And, uh, and so he did an enormous amount of very heavy research into, um, uh, you know, nuclear warfare and, uh, and brought in, you know, uh, all sorts of, uh, specialists and read, you know, zillion books on it and all this kind of stuff. And he was initially developing this as a very serious movie. Uh, that was not a comedy at all. And, right. uh, and, uh, and eventually he had the, the breakthrough of just like, I can't make a serious movie out of this because it is ridiculous. Right. Yeah. I yeah. also think the mouse that roared probably influenced him. Oh, I think true. Yeah. I mean, he loved, um, um, sellers, uh, sellers. He'd worked with sellers on Lolita. He loved him in Michelle, the mouse that roared, et cetera. Right. And, uh, and once you have that in your, in your mind, you're like, I have the key as to how this is going to work. Yes. And, uh, and originally, by the way, Peter Sellers, Peter Sellers famously plays three roles in this. He plays the president. He plays the uh, British officer and he plays Dr. Strange. But he was also supposed to play Slim Pickens role. 
<laughs> right, right. Well, Which I'm glad he didn't because Slim yeah, Pickens freaking chest. Oh, Slim Pickens is perfect. Then Slim Pickens is perfect. You got Chico like a fat. Well, like and also, I just <laughs> I love that section of the movie being sort of sealed off away from the rest of the movie completely. That's exactly the point. That's the beautiful. Right. He's like, like and I round it when he's reading off the codes. Yeah, the code. like right, two, four, five, one, nine. But the best, the beautiful thing about that film, and I forgot. Sorry, gotta get rid of a bot here. Yeah, no problem. Was uh, that the son of the cinematography, like when James Earl Jones, the flare and the lensing, it was very oh. docu style, or the yeah. war outside when the soldiers were trying to come in. All that stuff was shot so. Realistically, yeah, 100%. Like, like, it looks like real, but the flares, it was beautiful. And I wonder if he did it to match with all the other kind of stock footage, and that's why he did it in black and white. Well, the thing is, I mean, like, he goes and, like, uh, what I was shocked to find out is that even the stuff when they're when the the behind the B 17, I and I didn't know this till today, that's not stock, they shot that, like, they actually. Okay, when, but that yeah, but there's and the so, nuclear like, explosion. What do you mean? That's, 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 the nuclear explosion is obviously the refueling stuff. Like that's stock for sure, right? But like even there's stuff in there that I thought was stock that is not stock. So yeah, yeah the answer is yes. I think he's just like I want like this stuff has a special uh, flavor to it. Like this is real, right? And I think what he's what he like he makes a very distinct choice because he could have shot the interior of the plane stuff in the same high style that he shoots the war room. Right. That could have been shot Hollywood as well. Right. Mm -hmm. But he makes a very specific choice to make it realistic because he's still keeping to the statement of like, we may be joking about this, but this This is actual. This is actually happening. Like this is our reality. I think also the absurdity he probably wanted to touch on also was that to be stuck in that basically Coke can in the sky Mm -hmm. and to fly, um, you know, those planes are huge. Oh, yeah, yeah but you're, you're but packed in the yeah, The point right. is, the absurdity of like not being able to communicate, but yet they hold the fate for everything. For everything. Right. So, and then that's why I believe he emphasizes so much on the dashboard, like R7, and it goes, cuts in close, right? Yeah. It zooms <laughs> in. Yeah, exactly, up, right. You know, R10, 4, <laughs> and it's yeah. just like this kind of mechanical world. Yeah. Or this formality that they have, and I actually, strangely, it, um, I have had this discussion before because one of uh, the guys I used to share an office with, uh, late nineties and thousands, was Pablo Ferro, and Pablo did the titles for the movie, and he yes. ended up cutting uh, right. a lot of of his uh, trailers. So he's ended up cutting trailers for Kubrick. Oh, um, nice. For a lot of the films, so his walls were covered with the original art and sketches he did for everything. Did he cut the original Strange Love trailer? Because that's one of my favorite trailers. Yes, he, I think he did. He oh, did. Actually. He did, and he also did the opening sequence to Men in Black, which looks very close to yeah, right. yes, Doctor Strange Love. But he did. His best friend was Ashby, and mm-hmm. he also co-directed "Let's Spend the Night Together" with Rolling Stones. I remember nice. talking to him about that. Nice. But he he did look like Beetlejuice. But he also did. Um, like all of Ashby's films and Kubrick's films and trailers. And, you know, he would talk about like that, that this, it's amazing that he got into the kind of the, the groove with Kubrick. And then he ended up being friends with like Ashby and stuff. Yeah. yeah and man, he also did like a uh, bullet. Yeah. And yeah. Stuff so like that. he but, did do bullet and he's yeah. a really, really great. 
He uh, told me a story one. Uh, Go ahead. Uh, uh, he told me a story once, like on Bullet. He was actually he was in LA, and and um, McQueen called and said, "Hey, man, I got this huge suite here in that hotel that's kind of on the hill in San Francisco, where it has an oval driveway, and it's kind of alone on its own. This cool old hotel, and it's uh, really high up." And um, and they just ended up smoking a lot of pot. And he was just with the casings from the prop bullet casings. And he's going, ah, oh, and his eyes stoned. Like, that's it, Steve, come here. And they were just right. going in right. and out. But right. the thing about being locked in that hand, I, true story, when I worked for Melvin Van Peebles, we talked about this because he was actually, he is in the Air Force in the 50s, and he in Alaska, and he said it was the worst fucking job of his life. Sure. He was in Alaska, and he would have to do these flights that were like felt like twenty four hours plus. Yeah, and he was stuck basically in the back. And you had right. to take, and if you guys have ever seen it online, you see Slim Pickens go into this like triangle slot. Yeah. that is a tube. That's I think it's triangular, and it's or it's basically so tight, and you have to crawl through. And that takes you all the way to the back. And there's almost like a second cabin in the back. And those are the guys who are like navigators and other right. things. And also um, basically electronics people. And he was stuck back there alone. And there's no windows uh, either. You just yeah. yeah, just fucking in that thing. And he said it would just be, you know, they would refuel and continue to fly. And they'd arrive in Alaska at night, land. He'd sleep for three days. Yeah. Get back and do the same thing over the god. That's awful, days. man. That's and he was like, it was the it was like that for like three years. It was like the worst experience of his life. Yeah, that's like in a that thing because it's cold yep. and noisy and it's the worst. Well, it's like in uh, you know what you saw the documentary uh, Five Came Back, right? The uh, yeah, but, uh, it's terrific. Like uh, I didn't know that uh, William Wyler because uh, he went and he was uh, shooting like he wanted to film documentaries about the bombers and stuff like this, and this is like the beef twos. You know, you know what uh in world war ii and like he uh went up there for like a like 12 hours or whatever it was and they and he didn't have any ear protection and he was deaf for the rest of his life like that's the kind of fucking situation those things are i mean it's just like it's like you're not it's like they're not made to have people in them at all you know <laughs> just like well we have to have people in so they don't fall out of the sky but like we we'll just jam those in there and last you know as as an afterthought. But we should note that those were B fifty twos that were supposed to be there, right? So the B fifty twos were the yeah. big bombers and right. the stratofortress as they used to be called, right? Yeah, because they right. would actually be flying at very high altitude normally, yeah. right? Um, and so like uh, with with the realism that they like it's because I, I think that this is one thing that people don't get about doing um uh, uh not parody but uh, the other word is. Satire? Satire, right? Is uh, that you, for satire to really work, you have to have a baseline of reality yeah, somewhere. It's, otherwise, right? it's not satire. Right. <laughs> otherwise, it's like you're not, like, like if you're just telling jokes and everyone's ridiculous, then it's, then there's no, there's no, you're not pushing off of anything. Right. Right. And, uh, and this movie. You have to make, making fun of something specific. So you have yeah. to show that specific thing. Yeah. And like, and you have to, you have to bring people, you have to bring people in touch with that. Otherwise, it, you're you're not making a statement. You're just making jokes. Right. And uh, and Kubrick is so, he especially with the shooting in the plane, as Eric said, and the assault on the base, the footage 
uh, of one, you know, like you're just seeing this war footage of mm-hmm. these, of the, of, uh, the military attacking its own base. Mm-hmm. Like, I thought that that was stock footage, like of training. No. And you it's know all it fucking real. Yes, <laughs> it's all real. You know why? Mm-hmm. I knew it wasn't stock footage. And I, <laughs> I, I, because I love little details like this, there was a poster in it. Uh-huh. And it was something like, I know Terry Gilliam took that. For his Brazil, which was you know, conf- you know suspicion breeds confidence type poster. Oh, sure. right, right. There yeah, was yeah. one of the things was like our defense is your pessimism or something. Yeah, something that, like that. Yeah. There was a billboard that said that with all oh, you guys are like, I was God, like oh, that's around. totally made up, dude. Yeah. That's totally sarcastic, wise ass yeah. comment. It's, it's, it wasn't it's, like a pieces are pieces are business. I think is what you think. But it did seem that way, and then right. the guy lying face down on the ground. Oh, then it was like. Once I saw the billboard, I was like, "That's that's got to be a guy." It's like it's, it's shot so flawlessly, like yeah. it's it's absolutely convincing. And then it cuts between that stuff, I and mean, even just with the bomber, it's like everybody, James Earl Jones, like everybody's completely playing it straight. And then you have Slim Pickens, who is playing it straight, but is Slim Pickens. Like it's yeah, like he's playing it as Slim Pickens. He is like they tell the story of when the Slim Pickens first showed up on the set, and like the. uh the producer was just like, oh, it's great. You showed up in costume. And the group was like, that's not a costume. <laughs> that's, that's just him. He just wears the hat and the thing. That's his whole deal. Yeah. You know, and like, so like, it's this like, Pickens is a perfect, is an actual real person who is like this. Uh, but in the context of the bomber, he's a cartoon character. Right. Right. But if you were to put him in the war room, he would seem like the serious character. Right. Cause like in the war room, like that's, Bugs I'll Bunny rate bugs, <laughs> especially when Strangelove shows up. It's oh like, what God. the? <sighs> that is insanity, absolute yeah. insanity. But yeah, it's total movie... Bugs Bunny. <laughs> like that's a good way to put it. <laughs> but it's between those two tones that makes this movie so hilarious yet upsetting simultaneously. I can't yes. imagine making a movie like this today. Like, there's no like, uh, what what topic would you cover that would be as offensive? They as tried crazy? to do it. Mm-hmm. They tried to do it with "Don't Look Up." That was an attempt at Doctor right. Strange. Which, which I will say, I actually like "Don't Look Up," but like the distance between "Don't Look Up" and Doctor Strange Love. It's like, massive. It's just, just, just a million miles. Yeah, yeah, yeah. a million miles. They, they, but they did. They, they tried to do that with "Don't Look." If you look at "Don't Look Up," it's like, oh, it's kind of a, you know, it's a Doctor Strange Love of Donald Trump, right? Right. Like, right. Right. You don't realize how ridiculous this really is, you know? But, right. And th- and there's like, I think there's, especially towards the end, that movie has some really good beats that I like quite a bit, but it doesn't manage what it's doing. Like it gives in to temptation constantly. Sure. Whereas Kubrick is laser sharp all the time. Like he's like, I know what the joke is. I'm going to keep this real. We're going to keep this tight. This joke is going to play exactly like this. No flab. Right. No one's going to be fucking just freewheeling it and being funny you know like right. everything is dialed in 100 percent. because if we aren't that responsible to how we make it then we're not really serious about what we're saying and that's the problem with don't look up it's like don't look up comes across as sort of like an angry yelly movie preachy it's a preachy movie. preachy movie right. yeah and no i, no, I like it's, a, it's a facebook post <laughs> it's a facebook but in, compar- in comparison it's a facebook post yeah you know and whereas dr strange love is a work of art beyond its own time because he's he's not going to let himself off easy on it. Like, it's a really, really focused movie, uh, as much as he's ever made. That's as focused as The Shining. Yeah. Um, so uh, I guess we should talk about, but it is a slightly complicated plot, but it is very funny, and it does play real slow, although you really got to pay attention to it. Mm-hmm. 
to happen. So as you said, the opening sequence, fabulous sequence. Uh, Pub- What's his name? Pe- Pedro? Pablo the Ferro. Guy- Pablo Ferro uh, did it. Great. The, he ha- it's, it's obviously his writing, the way he writes yeah. things. <laughs> the big letters. The big letters and stuff. Uh, I mean, it is such a cool opening. And it's the- doing, he was one of the guys that used to do a ton of it. Um, was he was the light projectionist. He would do light projections at the dome in the arc for Andy Warhol's shows that had right. developed an underground. And on the, Mark's place. The, 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 the gag on the thing is that it's very soft and serene romantic music. Oh, while a plane is being fueled in the air, which pretty much looks like a sex scene. It's hysterical. <laughs> it's just like, da, 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 da. And, and, like, and this little thing. tube goes in like that. It's like, and then it, it ends like, bloop. Yeah. Oh, my God. <laughs> so funny. So funny. Right off the bat. Right off the bat. And it's right. just like, this is because uh, uh, Terry Southern was the primary writer on this thing. You know, yeah. and like this dude is like, he's just like, they bring Terry Southern in because like, like Cooper can tell a good joke, but he's not going to be as fucking as, as harsh as uh, Terry Southern can be. So Terry Southern is, is, is right on point and is unafraid to go super far. And, uh, and this is, this is his best, his best gag easily, easily so. Yeah. But right from the get go, it's like they, they pull no punches. Yes, absolutely. Okay, so he, what it, it starts off with the the, the commander and in the, in the thing, right? Yeah, 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 right. Because it's because he gets the it's a first the first it's a great image. The first thing you see is a stack of computer printouts as it's printing out, right? Right, and then it suddenly kind of collapses and reveals Peter Sellers, Peter Sellers, like behind the printout. Right. <laughs> and it's like, yeah. like those ribbon printers back in right, the day. Right, right. right. You remember those? When it brought back memories yeah. of like It's so fun. I used to work, man, and in college, I worked in a vax room. Oh, man. So I used to manage a vax as an operator, and I had That's to change insane. the tapes and pick up printers. And whenever someone would print, I was like, yeah, yeah, right. And Peter Sellers is uh, a British officer in an American unit. So he's part of a, we found out he's part of an exchange program, right? Right, right. And his name is Mandrake. And he's very, very British officer. Like, yeah, very proper. Very, very proper. Gin and tonic kind of guy. Well, sir, of course, yes. David Niven type of yes. you know. <laughs> Exactly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> the best line comes later when we get to that point, I'll say. Uh, the, the whole the movie is filled with Japanese like, cameras. Oh, like, <laughs> the worst thing, man. It's like, like they make such bloody good cameras. like, were you tortured? Yes, yes, uh, I, I was. Uh, the problem is to make such bloody good cameras. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's talk about Peter Sellers for a second, because like that dude is like he was a, he was an unstable, crazy person in terms yes. of like you know, yeah. really, really hard to work with. Like a very, 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 very difficult story about Peter Sellers. But however, he's also a legitimate genius, and oh, no, see, yeah. And you see him in this and going Lolita, place, not going and, places. What's uh, one I'm thinking? Being there, being there, being there yeah. Like it, he's one of the absolute all-time greats. And uh, and in terms of comedy, there was only two or three, two or three actors that compete with him in my mind. In terms of like, like he absolutely sells the idea that no matter how ludicrous it is, like 
that he is selling it seriously. Yep. So whether whether he's doing you know Lady Killer, yeah, like uh, like Pink Panther or whatever Pink the fuck Panther, he's doing, yeah. you know, like like you don't you believe one hundred percent that he believes it. Like this is a, this is the real world, no matter yeah. what. And uh, and so when he walks in and uh, you know he's gonna go and talk to uh, uh, what's uh, Kern, what's his name? Shoot, it's not Kilgore. That's from uh, Apocalypse Now. It's a uh, oh god, it's it's right. It's a, it's Jack D. Ripper. That's right. Jack D. Ripper. <laughs> like when he walks in and he's, uh, he's just like, oh, hello, sir. And immediately you get Sterling Hayden. Like Sterling, Sterling. you're like, oh no, <laughs> not Sterling Hayden. If he's in charge, we're dead. <laughs> and it's just the cigar out of his mouth. Like, <laughs> Sterling Hayden. I love Sterling Hayden. Love yeah. Sterling Hayden. But he is. Like he is a whole different breed of actor than uh, than what is represented by uh, Colonel Mandrake. Yes, <laughs> clearly different. <laughs> um, and he basically fun. says, uh, "He says uh, yes, we're going to issue this order." Uh, Very good. So to keep the men on the toes. It's like we're going to issue uh, command, uh, attack plan R, and goes, "Ah, good idea. Keep them on their toes." I'm like I'm afraid. It's not that. We have to seal the base off and get, uh, confiscate everyone's radios. Right. <laughs> but he's like, oh, dear. <laughs> Isn't that serious, sir? It's like, it's like, oh, you don't, oh, you don't say. You know, it's just like, oh, it's so funny. <laughs> and the thing is, apparently, uh, uh, Sellers, uh, like, used to, when he was, you know, uh, in whatever, in the RAF or whatever it was when he was a kid, like, that's what he used to use, getting horrible trouble for making fun of his superiors, like, all the time. Like, they're like, you're going to end up in fucking prison if you keep on doing this. <laughs> and so he's just like, I have exactly the right role. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so funny. So funny. Um, okay, so basically what we find out is that uh, Sterling Hayden decides that he's going to issue attack plan R to his mm. men who are in the B-52s flying over, you know, and are in the Cold War ready at any moment to drop a bomb, right? Right. This is our situation. Because his solution to the, the uh, uh, to nuclear disarmament is to disarm the Russians by annihilating them. <laughs> Right. He's like, the only way out of this is to, to kill them all. First. Like, that's it. And it's the only way. And then we'll end. But like, America's not cutting that cloth to do that. But he doesn't, he doesn't, do. we don't quite know this yet. Right. He just right. says he's got this command, right? right. And you're like, like, oh dear, right? Orders have come down. Orders and, have come down from right. up above. We've got to do this. And he's make like, sure that nobody on the base talks to anybody, anybody else, outside the world at all. Right, right. Turn on, <laughs> to confiscate all their personal radios and all that stuff and just take care of this. Right. It's like, okay, I'll take care of it. So that happens. And then when that, after that happens, the next shot is one of my favorite scenes also. This whole thing. But seriously, the, the, the woman in the bikini sunbathing in the, in the yeah. room. Uh, <laughs> George C. Scott. And, George C. Uh, Scott. And it's just her. She's, uh, she is in, her, in, in bed in a bikini with sunbathing with like a, like a sun lamp. Yeah, yeah, it was popular. Right. It was popular back in the 60s. Right. Is right. having sun lamps in your room. Right. And, uh, phone rings, <laughs> phone rings, ring, 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 ring. And she picks up the phone and she goes, uh, this is, it's for you. And he goes, and you just hear Joyce has got her background. Like, Arr, Arr. And what's Arr, funny Arr. is that you deduce from what's going on is he's taking a shit. 
yeah, in the bathroom. Exactly. Right, right. <laughs> and he's barking orders at her from the bathroom as he's as he's pooping. Uh, and uh, she she gets on the phone. Oh, she, honey, it's the like, Pentagon. It's the Pentagon. <laughs> and he goes, and he goes, oh, I'll find out who it is. It's like who is? It's like who is this? And she and it says, it's like, oh, hi, Josie. Like you know, yeah, she's saying, like, you know that she's like messing around with these dudes. She's sleep, sleeping with the other guys. Like, oh yeah, hi, how are oh, you? Yeah. <laughs> and then so oh, she's like, good. okay, I'll tell him. It's like so apparently the so and so and so Colonel uh, 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 so and so issued an yeah. att- attack plan R, and it's yeah. like. Oh, I finally go talk to what's the name? Uh, Ripper, Ripper. And I was like, hold on. So the general says, <laughs> <laughs> goes back and forth. Goes back so and finally, forth. he's like, okay, maybe this is serious. Maybe enough. I should get, get off the right. get off the, the throne here and, yeah, and get right. in there. And so it's so such a funny well, I, scene. In the, in the in the interview I heard about this, right, is that Kubrick Kubrick said, you know, the reason to do this is like because there's three ways to make this movie, like. If you, uh, it's all pretty you, much almost like a single take shot, by right? Riddle. Yeah, he's like the three ways to make this movie, right? If you if you make this movie, and uh, and you know it's it it's in a uh, it's in the president's Oval Office, then you're making a thriller, right? And if you make this movie and it's in a living room, then it's a social drama. Right. But if you make this movie and it's in a bathroom, then it's hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> but just just her her attitude is like playing the secretary and then the lover all yeah. on the same breath. And what's in the <laughs> she comes across in the scene once he comes out, like she comes across to me is like she's actually in the know about oh, all of this. She stuff. knows everything. Like, she yeah, knows she's literally everything. everything. She's like she's sleeping with all these guys. She's yeah. like she's smarter than all of these guys. Right. right, right. Like and she's connected with everybody, and then. Turgeon uh, uh, comes out, uh, George C. Scott, and right. he's like, I gotta protect this young filly from the knowledge of what's going on here. Like, his say is the like, bullshit yeah. you know, dad slash macho man role. And there is, I don't know if, like, this is, like I said, this is in my top three or four favorite comedies of all time. I don't know if there is a funnier performance from a single actor than George C. Scott in this movie. <laughs> like, this is like Groucho Marx level. It is so perfection. good. <laughs> it is so, so good. And I love George C. Scott. He's one of yeah. my, I think he's an unsung hero. Oh, he's, he's, a, he's a tremendous actor. Tremendous actor. But, uh, yeah, but, but this role here, ah, tell what can do, buddy. He slaps his belly. Actually, the best stuff is the gum. <laughs> the oh, gum, yeah, the gum. Chewing the gum, the gum all the time. just kind of look. At- but he also does this thing where he's like, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it's a cartoon and the thing is like i don't know if this is true but the, the story that i kept on hearing is that like um that he wanted to play it seriously like i'm gonna i'm the angry because you want to make a sort of a statement about you know, the military and whatnot right and yeah Kubrick's he played like, Patton, or was right, that after play, that well he plays Patton later but that's his that's his attitude going on and like right. Kubrick knew that this guy like uh george scott was another guy who was really hard to work with like he's a big personality he was a drunk he was like aggressive like very tough guy to wrangle right and so kubrick did a couple of things one he had heard that uh jersey scott was like sort of fancied himself as a a chess aficionado right and kubrick is a and is an actual was an actual chess master like like a, a, a a rated master right okay and so he put a a chess board on set uh and and until George C. Scott was like, wanted to play chess with him. And then he and George C. Scott would spend hours like 
you know, figuring out moves against Kubrick and then Kubrick would walk over and go click and then, you know, and win over and over and over again. So he's sort right. of like, he, he put gets him in his, his place, <laughs> put him into the place, gets his respect this way. And even then George C. Scott's like, I want to play this one, play it serious. I want to blah, blah, blah. And Kubrick's like, well, let's do it. Like, tell you what, when we need this, we need to sort of modulate this. So like, we're going to do, you know, like the practice takes and then we're going to give the, the real takes. But on the practice notes, I need to go really get big so we know what the what the limits are, and we can really pick the cherry pick the stuff that we're going to dial into the the real takes. Right. And then he only used the first takes. Right. <laughs> <laughs> he's like, he's just like, fuck you. I'm just going to use all the cartoon takes. That's what I want you to do anyway. Yeah. So I don't know if that's true, but that is. A, I wouldn't be surprised. Yeah. That that sounds that sounds Kubrickian to me. <laughs> but so what happens after that is that basically is like, oh, we got to go to the Pentagon to deal with this problem. Right. Uh, so they go to the Pentagon. I'm going to get the order a little bit right uh, wrong, but we'll figure out where we go. It, <laughs> Are it, you going right now? It's two in the morning. Oh, you morning. just get your old rocket started. Old Bucky will be back before he can say blast off. Pentagon <laughs> <laughs> uh, Army never sleeps. Army never sleeps. So good. And even then, you can tell that he's actually quite scared. Like, yeah, it, yeah. It, it, like his his performance is like. You know, like, I think you can be hard on Jersey Scott as a person for being difficult to work with and not the nicest person in the world. However, his skills are through the roof. Sure. And even when he's playing it at a 10 of ridiculousness, like he's still managing to fold in actual character moments and little beats that tell you what he's really feeling. And it's a, uh, it's just a masterclass. The guy is just absolutely flawless. It's one of the best things he's, he ever did. Yeah. Yeah, and Jason noted that he, the he fell when he falls and trips and recovers. <laughs> yes. That's actually was an accident that they kept it. Oh my god, so good! So yes, we'll get to that scene. That scene all by itself is just yeah, just classic business. Yeah. But yeah, so he has to go to the war room. He has to go to the war room, which is the room behind us, and it's this huge thing that's going on. And they try to sort of figure out what's happening or what happened. Uh. And then, so George C. Scott explains the president is played by also um, uh, Peter, Sellers. Uh, Peter Sellers, and it's his accent, his American accent is just <laughs> so good, so good. It's so and, funny. Well, it's I so know perfect. it's Dimitri. so so meek. So his name is Merkin Muffley, yes. <laughs> President it's Merkin totally Muffley. like Long Island, Connecticut. I know Dimitri. Of course, you know, Dimitri. Made, Dimitri. <laughs> uh, for anyone in the audience who doesn't know, a Merkin is a wig you wear over your private parts. In Everyone's movie. name is ridiculous. Yes. <laughs> so <laughs> it is a pubic wig that you use for, uh, for nude scenes and films. Right. Merkin. <laughs> Merkin Muffley, yes. uh, Mandrake, and Doctor Strangelove. I mean, just just Doctor Strangelove in itself is. Yes. That, but then there's like <laughs> a premier kiss off, Jack. Yeah, premier kiss off, and Jack uh, D. Ripper. Jack D. Ripper. <laughs> it's, a, it's a little on the nose. Yeah. <laughs> Colonel Bat Guano. Oh my it's, favorite! My favorite! Oh my god! That's yeah, a, all these names are ridiculous. It's so so funny. Yep. Uh, anyway, uh, so uh, <laughs> yeah, uh, Major Kong, Major King Kong, Major King Kong. <laughs> uh, okay, so so basically, uh, what has happened is uh, they said that 
the uh, the an order has gone out by Sterling Hayden, attack Plan R, right? Uh, and then uh, explains what attack Plan R is like. It's like, well, we how can they issue an order? It has to come from me. And goes well. That uh, Plan R is the 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 reason you can do that is because there's a contingency in case Washington was hit, a lower echelon person can actually issue the order uh, of, of retaliation. Mm-hmm. And so Sterling Hayden said that basically Washington had told his men, Washington has been hit, so we're going to retaliate with a plaque plan R. But nothing actually happened, right? right? So they're like, well, we got to get a hold. It's like, no, he's sealed off the base. It's like, okay, well, what the hell are we going to do, <laughs> right? <laughs> so then you get into this in this scenario of one of the planes, which is um, all the pilots in a B-52. And the head pilot is uh, Slim Pickens. Right. And uh, I believe... The bombardier is uh, James, James Earl Jones. James Earl Jones. It could have been his first film. Like, it's, it's, he's... It's easily... One, it's, it's, no, it's, I think he was in, like, a... Let me look he, it up. I think yeah, he's a got jazz, a couple of things going on, yeah. Like but he's, indie, indie, jazz. He is just starting indie. to hit it big. Yeah. Yeah, and, but he was... And he's terrific in this small role. He's extraordinarily believable in this small role. Uh, and like the whole tone of the plane, it's like commanded by this like absolute dedication to reality. Like, uh, like they're just like, and we are launching a tab. And just like everything is like you're in a real military air- aircraft the whole time. Yes. And, uh, and, uh, and Slim Pickens is a, is a kind. It's good... his first movie. He did TV before that, but it's his there first movie. Right. Yeah, and uh, and uh, I feel like James Earl Jones is like going to be remembered forever as Darth Vader. No, it was oh he did TV, but I yeah, think... TV. He's like there are a couple of movies a, like a, a, a sh- this indie thing on a rooftop about a jazz player, like it, a I, yeah. or something. Yeah, like he's 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 right he's right at the beginning of his breakout with Strange Love. Um, but yeah, he's like I I feel bad I that. This dude is. Well, I'll be back in one second, guys. Keep keep talking, okay? James Earl Jones, like, I I I love him obviously as Darth Vader in Star Wars. It's one of the great bad guys of all time. It's sad that all of his great work in the '60s is like completely Me. forgotten. Like he is an incredible actor, an incredible actor, and uh, all that's always sort of nuked and paved by the the Star Wars experience. So I, uh, I I suggest to everybody like you do not go go dig through the James Earl Jones filmography and you'll be you'll be knocked out. That guy is uh, is a powerhouse and he's terrific in this uh, in in Strange Love. And real the entire plane sequence is such a like I I was so inspired by that plane sequence that I I ripped it off uh, for a short film that I made. I was so obsessed with how. Uh, realistic and like tight the photography was and how intense the cutting was. And uh, I borrowed all that stuff. And, uh, and it's, uh, it's, it's always like, it's a combination of like the things it's like between that and the, um, the air traffic control scene and close encounters like are so convincing on the, on this very tight scale that I've never seen anything like them really, really brilliant. So anyway, you had, that's, so the, the main, the main, Frames of these movies of this movie are, uh, uh, cr- uh, uh, Colonel Mandrake confronting Jack D. Ripper. That's one right. set. You have uh, the the bomber led by Slim Pickens. Yep. And uh, you have 
you have the war room, right? And yeah. so these are the three main chambers of the play. Yep. And uh, and the movie is cutting back and forth between as once the attack plan R is launched, uh, that is represented by uh, Slim Pickens' crew, right? But there's many, many, many other bombers. Like there's right. an entire fleet of bombers yeah, that have all been ordered. Twenty-seven. Right. And right. so the main the main conflict of the war room is we have to find a way to, to stop, stop those, those bombers. guys because if they go off, like that's uh, that like let's start nuclear war. Yeah, like it's like this this is a disaster, right? And like at very least we will be you know, we will accidentally kill millions and millions and millions of Russians, and we can't have that. Like even if we even if they don't fire back at us. Like it's, it's but really they will. right. But they, the but they like, that's the, well, the doomsday machine comes into play shortly. Right. Like right at the beginning of the movie, it's simply like, we don't want to do this because we don't want to kill millions of people. Yeah. Even if it's even an if, unprovoked attack, unprovoked attack. That's not what we're about. And, uh, and so like the focus in the war room is all about president Burke and Muffley. What should we do? Mm-hmm. Right. And, uh, and, uh, and he has to try to get on, get on the line with premier kiss off the, to calm this down and help well, him shoot the, down the, this the Russian ambassador is invited into the war room by the right. president, which completely sends George C. Scott into a tizzy. Yes. Because it's like, <laughs> unacceptable. They're going to see the whole thing. They're going to see the big board. Right. Right. Like, and so he goes into a tizzy about like the Russians and how. And this, this whole setup is essentially making fun of Democrats and Republicans wholesale. Like, right. Merkin Muffley is coded as a Democrat and he is. Super meek and is not, he's, he's totally just wishy-washy. To get, yes. So I'm trying really to just make want, everyone happy. Make everybody happy all the time. And like he's letting the, 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 the Russian guy into the war room and all this kind of jazz to, right. and like, and then on the other side, you have fucking crazy George C. Scott, who is, who is excited that it's a possibility <laughs> that <laughs> his boys can show him what for. <laughs> You're like, Oh my God. Yeah. <laughs> this yeah, is it's a nightmare. Crazy. This is a nightmare. And in between you have the Russian premier who's constantly saying, uh, Mr. President, we are very honorable people. And also he's, you know, taking photographs on the side. <laughs> so like everybody's getting skewered in the entire, yeah. in that entire sequence. That's absolutely awesome. Yeah. I love that he walks in and he's like, do you have any fresh fish? Oh, the fact that they arguing about the food. This is the food. Giant, it's, like, like, it's like, it's like, no, it's like, it's like, uh, a quarter mile long. It's so <laughs> good. And like, like they originally gonna, they were going to film a food fight. They did film a food fight. Like it breaks oh, really? down. To this, it breaks down to a food fight. And the Kubrick's like, that's too far. We can't quite. That is too far. We ruined yeah. it. That's that's yeah. farce. That's farce. Uh, well, the very end. By the end, it gets into complete. The last. Oh, it's ludicrous. It's ludicrous. ludicrous. But it always holds its tone. Right. Like it's always serious. Right. And uh, and if they if they'd done the food fight thing, I think Kubrick was right. He was just like. Then we're just telling jokes to tell jokes. Like then right. it's just we're watching people fall down the stairs and it's funny, you know. Right. And uh, but he manages. It's like I'm always amazed with, like you look at like uh, Coppola with uh, Apocalypse Now, right? And I watched it like I said before when we did the show. Like I've watched Apocalypse Now a ton this year, right? And so right. I went back and I was like, I should maybe give Redux another shot. And Redux is unwatchable. It's unwatchable. Huh. I'm just like this is such a boring terrible sloppy movie and it's because he he uh he felt uh, like now he's in love with all that stuff he shot he's like oh, i'll just put all that stuff back in when when he was young he was just like i don't care how good the scene is it's gotta go 
You know, mm-hmm. I, I love that scene. It's a brilliant little short film all by itself. And I'm very proud. And everyone does great work in it, but it's gone. And Kubrick, basically his whole career held that standard. You know, right. like he was just like, I don't give a shit how many takes we got to do. It's not right yet. So that's it. That's where we're at. You know, and like we can shoot an entire sequence, but it's gone. If it doesn't work, it's gone. Right. And I, I wish the comedies, like for the past, well, it's almost like 25 years now, Com- like comedy and film is basically get people from Saturday Night Live and leave the camera on. Yeah, yeah. that's true. And that's it. And Nick like, Moore and Michael's even richer. Yeah, no kidding. I mean, like, uh, it's just like this is. He gets a cut of it all. Like, I'm just like, these guys, it's like, there's plenty of good stuff in here. But if you cut it down to like eight minutes instead of 40, <laughs> like. Well, that's the true of all of Saturday Night Live, too. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. You know, like, the, the comedy doesn't just come from the funny actor, comedy comes from the whole fucking thing. Yeah. And, yeah. and you got to be very disciplined about it. I got to say, Tommy Boy is pretty damn good. Oh yeah, Tommy. I mean, there's great ones. There's totally there great. Is ones. definitely yep. great ones. There's no yep. question about it. But there's no um, strange love. <laughs> That's no. Name, Tommy Boy. No, there's no strange love. No. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Okay, so uh, uh, where were we? Uh, so the 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 ambassador comes in there, and they are trying to get a hold of the premier of Russia. Right. One of the funniest. Oh, I mean, I, we've said that, like, how many times have we said that for every scene we talk about? I know. It's just incredible. But it's, Ridiculous. it's, it's one of the funniest things we've ever shot. Yeah. So what he <laughs> Sorry, so, Perfect. So, so he goes in and he says, uh, he says, we're trying to get the, the thing, but he's not there. And the, the ambassador says, try 444 and blah, 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 like whatever. It says the, the premier, uh, the premier is a man of the people, but he is also a man, if you understand what I mean. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> <laughs> and at which point, at which point, the president goes, yeah, "Yes, of course, of course." You know, just he just feels like brushes off, like it's all yep. good, yes, which right, that's fine. No, that's no, good. It's fine. It's all, of course, I, I understand. I yeah. understand. Gets <laughs> on so, the phone with the team. And so, no, so no, no. First of all, the ambassador gets on the phone and he talks in Russian, and he's like, gets on the phone and he's like, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, well, Pentagon. You know, you can you can see all these things, right? Get and your shit together. <laughs> and, uh, and, then, and so he's like, he's like. He, he he he's ready to talk. I, I have to warn you. I think he's drunk. <laughs> <laughs> and so, and then the president gets on the phone and goes, "Hello, Dimitri." Yes, <laughs> Which is the best. Dimitri. It's like Dimitri. Uh, yes, can you can you can you turn the music down, Dimitri? He's <laughs> trying to be as polite as he possibly can. He's just like, listen. I mean, the message he has to deliver is, listen. I have accidentally launched a nuclear attack against your entire country. That's what he has to say. And the way he's going about it is to be like, it's it's like a it's like a it's like a suburban afternoon call for martinis. <laughs> Just like, oh, you know, <laughs> it's like, am I coming through fine? You're coming through. You're I'm coming for. Okay, so we're all both coming, coming through, through fine. fine. <laughs> Good. Listen, listen now, Dimitri. Remember, we we've always had to talk about the bomb. Something the, 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 the hydrogen bomb, Dimitri. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Well, it looks like one of our. Generals, well, he went a little funny. A little, fun, little <laughs> funny in the head. Funny in the head. Funny in the head. 
And yeah. he, he sent, you know, <laughs> What's that, to, Dimitri? to bomb your country. It's but like, yes, I know. Oh. <laughs> so anyway, Dimitri. Uh, it's unreal. And by the time he finally expresses this to, I mean, like the dude, you know, the, the Russian premier, like loses his shit. You can hear the screaming on the other end. He's just like, of course, it's a friendly call, Dimitri. Of course, it's a friendly call. Listen, if it weren't a friendly call, you might not be getting it. <laughs> yeah. can, I, of course. I mean, maybe I just, do you think I was just kind of say hello? I mean, of course I can do that too. Of course, I'd love to say hello. Of course, I would call to say hello. <laughs> it's like, holy shit, guys. That was, Chris, that was like East Coast. Uh, like, oh, totally. Like, <laughs> so, like, like East Coast, like, uh, yeah, upper, country club it, conversation. And it's oh so God. fucking, like, it's so, he's so passive yeah, aggressive. And he said, of course, I call, call to say hello. <laughs> Just like, how, how can you say that about Dimitri? <laughs> it's like, oh my god but he's trying that's to be like so master. he's just such a coward and meek yep. in it it's just so bad so, so funny bad. and so like he, he gets it all across and like fucking george c scott's all he's just stewing he's like oh my he's god angry. he's angry yeah. but then he's like uh he explains everything they explain everything and then passes it back to the ambassador the ambassador goes oh Oh, 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 and then he hangs up the phone. It's like, then he explains to them about (laughs) the the doomsday doomsday device. (laughs) The doomsday device. And so the premise of the doomsday device is that this is a device that would basically set up to explode and annihilate the entire planet. If anything ever attacked their country, right? If and it's it senses that a nuclear a nuclear blast has gone off in Russia, it will automatically return fire. No, like, it'll automatically it'll, destroy it'll, the whole planet, destroy the entire yeah. world instantly. Right, huh. right. And what's great about it is like, and it's like wait, what, what it is is a it's a physicalization of the concept of mutually assured destruction. Right, like it's uh, like it's it's turning that into this is a the computer. this is the yeah this is basically like the highest form of. You know, mutualist destruction. Right. Destruct, it's right? A, it's mutually assured destruction, destruction as a computer, right? As a computer, right? And uh, and uh, and they even call you know they're just like, how could you possibly build such a thing? That's terrible. And you're just like, well, because you were building the same fucking thing with the they call it the bland corporation. It's like no, we I, we've never doing such thing. Our source was the New York Times. Our source was the New York Times. <laughs> right? So like, because uh, uh, for anyone who does not know this stuff. The Rand Corporation is the yes. think tank that came up with the idea of mutually assured destruction, which is that we have to invest uh, ultimately many, many, many trillions of dollars in nuclear weapons because if we don't have them, then the other and the other side does, then there will be nuclear war. But if we have the ones that will blow up the Earth and they have the ones that will blow up the Earth and the Earth will never be blown up, which is a great way to think if it turns out uh, there's the, no crazy people behind There's the no crazy people. The countries don't collapse. Uh, the technology can't be stolen. People don't steal documents and scream them <laughs> yeah, out of like, If none of those <laughs> things are true, this is a really good idea. Yeah. But it turns out to be a terrible idea in real life. And this is what this movie was pointing at. Like, this is, a, this is your, you're insane. Like, this is an insane thing to do. Yes. And so they, they turn this into a computer. And, and so they uh, say, and then it's like, is this possible? And it's like, Dr. Strangelove, is this possible? And now we're introduced to Dr. Strangelove. Dr. Who, Strangelove. Who is played by, by Peter Sellers. Peter Sellers. <laughs> and he plays a German guy in a wheelchair. A Nazi. Was, <laughs> a Nazi. <laughs> and I 
it started so I was like he changed his name from blah blah Heischerfisch to or whatever to, to, like, to strange. He is clearly coded as a Nazi in every single way. He's not just a German dude, like he's got the leather but also, gloves, he's got the, 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 the hair. Thing, the thing is, is that he uh has problems walking, he's in a wheelchair. Yeah. Like right. Garibald's had a club foot. Yes, and so right. he always kind of walked with a limp. Yeah, he's a he mishmash to... of like uh, Werner a... von Braun and like everybody yes. like this, right? And now, that, that, so the other thing is interesting about his accent. I read about this, which was pretty funny because he came up with his accent, right? Yes. And right. so the the thing is, he did not want to come with a German accent like this. This is a right. bit, real parody. His accent is terrible. Like I want to say, like all his other accents are superb. Oh, when yeah. it comes and to Strange Love, Strange Love is like insane. Like the yeah. most overdone person ever like oh yeah i think it's like hardcore. i was like because like my I, i'm uh i'm half german myself there's mm-hmm. like there's a uh there's a difference between a german accent and a nazi accent yes so <laughs> what apparently like nazi times 10. well it was it was not well now it is because the people ripped it yeah. off later but the re- what was funny is like the way he came up with it apparently that he didn't want to do the strong German accent that right, he'd seen in the 40s Stay. movies, right. right? So he wanted to do this weird one. And the way he came up with it, apparently there was a photographer who was on set mm-hmm. who was from Brooklyn. And apparently he kind of <laughs> talked a little bit like this. Right, yeah, right, yeah, right, yeah. right, right, And he had a little bit of a high voice. And he was right. like, yeah, you know. And so he said, I'm going to do that guy's voice, but as a Russian. Oh, yeah. So I mean, like, it might so be like, Krubik has that accent. Right. Yeah. 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 And so he did. He did like the he, high pitched voice. Essentially, he's doing Kubrick then, Kubrick, per se, because right. Kubrick has a Brooklyn. I mean, people don't know that because then he did. He barely get interviewed. But right. Kubrick was he's a straight Yorker, up Brooklyn. He's right. a New Yorker, yeah. yeah. And like, so if you look, go back and look at Lolita. Like one of the funniest jokes in Lolita is that uh, the voice that uh, um, um, uh, we were just talking about. What's his name? Comedian Peter Sellers. Peter Sellers. Uh, Humbert Humbert. And Peter Peter Sellers plays the villain in uh, Low Lady. He's uh, Claire Quilty. And Humbert the other guy. And uh, and the voice that he does is Stanley Kubrick's voice. Yeah. Like he's just and like, it is oh, yeah. Stanley Kubrick's house. And it's Stanley Kubrick's house. He oh bought the house That's after the show. That. That's so after good. Oh my god. Yeah, just like when he rolls in with the uh uh when he spots uh, Humbert Humbert and Sue Lyon right there, like booking the hotel room. And he's talking to, talking to Humbert Humbert. He's just like, uh, I wish I just had a, uh, you know, beautiful blonde little girl like that, my very own. Uh, <laughs> yeah, just yeah, like that. It's raw Kubrick the whole time. It's fucking absolutely hysterical. So yes, like that, I, 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 uh, I, I hear that now for, for certain in Strange Love's right. Strange Love is, like he, like we said before, he should have been animated by Warner Brothers. He yes, is like he is like it's so funny. Yeah, but he basically explains just it's not actually you know hard to build a doomsday device. Even the simplest country can do it. All you have to do is just have enough nuclear stuff, and then you set it off with computers and says. But the whole point of a doomsday device is to in- is to tell everyone about it. Otherwise, it's pointless. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the delivery on that line is perfect. It's just like, and the whole point is to... And he goes like, why didn't you announce it to the whole world? <laughs> <laughs> so, and, then, and then he's like... He was going to announce it at the at the at the uh, at the party. You know, you know how he loves surprises. <laughs> surprises. Oh my god. So yeah. So like now it's now the stakes. I mean, it's a classic. Like you read the midpoint, and the stakes are now 
doubled and doubled. Like right now, it's just like we oh. really got to bring this fucking planes back. We really got to bring this all planes dead. Back. The right. whole world so, is dead. So basically, they explained to Kislev, it's like you know, uh, we'll we'll try to bring as many back. If we can't, we're going to tell you where they are, and you can bring them down yourselves. Right. 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 So that's that's this. We're thing. committed to helping you. This is the we're now. It's a it's a new it's a new world. The Russians and the uh, Americans working together to right kill some pilots to do that. So basically, <laughs> they also agree that they are going to storm the base to try to get uh uh what's his name Ripper uh, to kill Ripper right. to kill Jack D Ripper right. <laughs> uh, and to to get the codes right. And so Mandrake is in there like talking to and and we're slowly starting to figure out why Ripper <laughs> ordered this in the first ordered place. this. Turns out he's completely insane. He's lost his goddamn mind. He's lost his goddamn mind. <laughs> and he's talking he's talking to uh to to, Man to Mandrake, yeah. and he's like and he's like, You ever wonder why you ever see a Russian drinking water? <laughs> <laughs> oh yes, that's right. He locks Mandrake right. in his office. Yeah. Locks him in his office, right? right? And so they're like, Oh god. And he's like, get me some uh, rainwater and uh, grain, grain alcohol. Grain alcohol and rain, and rain water. Rain water. Well, I can tell you and why he's crazy. He's drinking grain alcohol. <laughs> drink grain alcohol and rain water. And so he's like, ah, okay. And so he explains like, you know, no, no, no. The reason Russians, they only drink vodka because. Under no circumstances do they drink water. You know, is that true? I suppose so, Jack. <laughs> like, and he explains to him that the reason is this massive communist plot to poison our bodily fluids. Yes. Our, our precious with, with fluoridization. Fluid. Yes. Right? And he has, oh, there is, oh, sorry. Uh, there was a, George C. Scott reads a letter that he wrote saying, you better go after them before these guys poison our fluids. Precious, <laughs> our precious bodily fluids. Fluids. <laughs> and when he explains to Mandrake where he had this realization, he goes, actually, Mandrake, it was during the physical act of love. <laughs> like, oh, women sense, hard. Women women sense, sense my, my power. power, but I denied them my essence. <laughs> <laughs> they want my essence and I deny it to them. Oh, my God. Some of the funniest stuff that has ever been filmed. And it's one of the things, and look in the ad that we shot, like, do we know? We're trying Stanley... to make sense. We're trying to make sense of that last part. It's like, man is clearly mad. <laughs> <laughs> man is clearly mad. And like, like with Sterling Hayden's performance, and Sterling Hayden himself was like a little bit loopy. Like he's a Looney Tunes guy. Yeah. Like it was, it was, we talked about before. It's like, did Sterling Hayden know that he was shooting a comedy and right. not a drama? <laughs> like it's, I don't know, he commits, but he nailed that. Wholesale. He is absolutely committed to this thing. Yeah. And it's unbelievable. Like the shot of him. Leaning back with the scar like this. The yeah, there is these incredible angles. So Le a, a lesson in cinematography. Mm -hmm. Locked off shot below him. The cigar is coming out, so it's an undershot. It's comic shot. book. It's, oh, it's, it's comic book. God, yes. it's Absolutely so funny. With and that, he, that shadow, drawn shadow like that. And he is Ooh. delivering his lines with authority. And, like, he is – he's – He's uh, pretending that he has thought this out completely, like he is in a hundred percent control, right? Mm -hmm. And he's and so no no nerves of steel. There's no doubt right. in his mind that he is right. And Mandrag is going, ah, ah, and he's just like this, cowering, <laughs> and like I was like, oh, that's interesting. It's like you know, trying to 
trying to figure out like how to how to talk him out of this. I just right. need to know the code to stop the plane. Right. So, so there's how a, do I get this? <laughs> so just to put it to, again, another plot point is basically what he does is like they have issued Plan R and Plan R. There's actually no way to recall the planes Except because. The code. Because you need a special code because they, you could have gotten false information from the Russians to recall the plane. So it, it is a, it's a three letter code that they need to transmit for them to receive anything on the plane. That's the whole point, right? right? So they just need that three letter code. That's and all they're looking for. In the adventure of the plane with Slim Pickens, they are so good. Like Slim Pickens and his crew are so great that they avoid uh, the fire from below from the Russians, they avoid the planes coming after them, but their RCM motivator or whatever it is, the decoder. CRM-114? CRM-114. <laughs> CRM-114. Yeah. <laughs> the, uh, <laughs> the TK-421 is, uh, is damaged in the fight. It, so. it, yeah, no, they took it. Yeah, they took a missile, they took damage from a missile blow and, and, and part of their plane is damaged, but they are flying super low below radar and right. just going at it. And they're good so, pilots and they're like, We got we got a mission. We gotta do our mission. As as right? things progress in the war room and they're watching all the planes get blown up and disappear, and like George C. Scott's just like, you know, like, Yeah, those are my boys, we can do this, we can do this. Right. And he's yelling at me. He's he's it's all like, coming yeah. down to you can't beat Slim Pickens. Right. <laughs> Slim Pickens. Is there's also good. a hilarious there's a hilarious point in the thing where uh Slim Pickens is because he's reading, he reads a lot of stuff that is the orders to his crew, and just him reading the orders that are written down or saying things <laughs> is just things that's so funny. So he goes to the survival kits. Like everyone, look look through your survival kit. Here's what you should have. One, you know, uh, uh, one hundred dollars in rubles. <laughs> one prophylactic, one hundred dollars in rubles, one hundred dollars in golds, one set of nylons, ten sticks of chewing gum. <laughs> it goes through all of this is like, oh, it's obviously all the antibiotics and stuff like that. But it gets more ridiculous. It's like, shoot, man, could have a pretty good day in Vegas with all of this stuff. <laughs> yeah, now that the line there is dubbed, and the reason why is because the original line is, a man could have a good a good time in Dallas. Oh really? Oh, yeah. Kennedy got assassinated. Kennedy got assassinated. Yeah, so they changed uh, one last second. But man, it is that. It's a that's a great like. And what's what's really? I think that's 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 sort of a an awesomely. It's completely random that that's true, right? But it's also it makes the line both funny and weirdly poignant to know that where you're right. just like, this is actually all fucking mixed up together. Like the reason why we had to change the line is because the shit that you're seeing is real. Right. Like that, like we, and we, we know that we, we're not going to, we, we know where our, where, where, you know, we're, like we're not going to cross the line in, in trying to, and we don't want to actually offend anyone, but right. the fact is this shit is for real, you know? And it's, and like, so it's absolutely accidental that those things intersected, but it, it's one of the things I love to know about the movie because I'm like, it blows my mind because I, I can't imagine how terrifying the Cuban missile crisis was. Um, and then to have the balls to make a movie like this. Uh, after that is is uh, is the kind of brave filmmaking I wish more people would engage in. Like I said, well, it, really doesn't, it doesn't really happen that much. But yes, yeah. so we'll we have largely Taylor Green has to come up with as a film. <laughs> yes, you'll see. <laughs> so, but that's that's the thing. So, like, uh, you have uh, George C. Scott giving the performance of his life as he's talking about like. Uh, 
can we shoot this? Can we shoot these guys down? And right. he starts like, you know, do like, let me explain to you how good these bomber pilots are. And he's basically and he's so like, excited about he's it. He's like, and he's basically song, talking about how awesome Slim Pickens is. Right. right. He's just like, like, do they have a chance, Colonel, of uh, of of actually dropping their bomb? Because the, the, yeah, the, the, the president's worried. He's like, if they drop if their they bombs, if they get through, we're all dead. We're all right. dead. He's like, and do they have a chance? Hell yeah, they have a chance. Like, <laughs> he's just so. Oh, you should see these boys. Oh, he gets in this big speech, and like he's like so excited, just like, and they're just frying chickens in the barnyard. They're just flying so low. It's amazing. And he's like all pumped up, and he realizes that what he's saying is they're fucked. <laughs> like and he completely forgot that in his excitement to talk about how what great how talented they are, they how is, talented these talented. young americans are <laughs> and it's, it's, it's like, do they have a chance hell yeah and then in the middle of it goes <laughs> oh no oh no <laughs> we're doomed we're absolutely doomed Yes, and we should note that the reason the the reason they 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 they've recalled most of them is like I'd say the Russians have shot down quote unquote four planes, right? But then they were able to get the code, and the reason they got the code is because Mandrake was going to try. They were in fire, right? And all the men at the base gave up, and so now uh, the 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 <laughs> Colonel Ripper uh, is is screwed, right? Because they're going to come up and interrogate him, and they're going to want the codes. And he asks, that's when he asks um, uh, Mandrake is he, if he was ever a prisoner of war. And he goes, uh, yes, I was actually. And he was trying to brush it off. I was like, yep, uh, I was. And it's like, were you tortured? Uh, yeah, I was uh, Japanese. Yeah, it was, it was pretty bad. You know, like, it was, you know, it was really bad. Like, you, yeah. like, you can see on his face, you're like, oh, shit. Oh, shit. Yeah. <laughs> and he goes, the thing yeah. is, they make such Darn good and, cameras. Darn good cameras. <laughs> like, like it's it's hysterical that he's like, and I think it's really sort of touching that he's sort of forgive, like he's forgiving in that moment about that. He's just forgiving like, it because they had good cameras. They just they're yeah. just they're like they're it's the whole line. Yeah, it's incredible. You know, and like, but you get you definitely get the gist of like this this guy's been through shit like right. for real, right? Right. And then like and up against that, and then Rip- Curly's like, "I've never been tortured before. I don't know if I could stand." And I don't think it. I could take it. Like, and he's, and, 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 and he's like, the macho man. And he's the macho man. He's like, "Well, the thing is, nobody does. Nobody <laughs> does." <sir>. Right. It's <laughs> like, like, like I gotta do the wrestling. It's like that's right. Don't want you freshen up a little water on the back and the neck and give me the codes. <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> right. We'll do this to Jackie. You and I. We'll you and I. We'll go. We'll remember. We'll fight him, and I'll be feeding. Yeah. You just tell me the code and I'll protect that code and whatever. Yeah. He does like all this stuff. And Ripper just walks in the bathroom, locks it, and blows his own head off. <laughs> You're like, so that is, uh, oh, oh no. Oh. <laughs> Everything's falling apart. Everything's so, like, so, so they're he, like, they, the guys are going to get through. There's no way to, like, like uh, there's, they don't know the code, right? And uh, and the only way to, now to know is they break into the bathroom and he sees that Ripper's written. O P E P O E, all this weird shit on the wall. No, it's, it was on a desk. No, oh, yeah, pure, purity of essence, purity right. of essence, right? And he thinks he's like, I think it's the code some is something like P O E, purity of essence, right? Right, but he can't get through to tell anyone around about it because they've the attack on the base has cut the landline, and right. uh, and so he has to. Uh, try to go to a payphone. Well, first of all, this, the, the guy blo- breaks into the office. Uh, right. Like, right. The guy breaks into the office. 
Right. And, and he says, who are you? What kind of a get up is that? Because right. <laughs> he's, he's, he's an right. RAF officer. Right. And he goes, right. get up. And he's like, I'm an RAF officer. And he like starts yelling at him. And he hey. goes, I don't trust you. He's like, I think you're some kind of a prevert. <laughs> oh, this dude. Is like you see, like, and you see on his on his jacket it says Colonel Bat Guano. <laughs> I know. Names again. So and so you have Sellers is just like you need to take me to a payphone, and I need to talk to the President of the United States immediately. And the guy is not buying it in the slightest. Right? Finally, it's just like you know, like we he was, it was like, what? What are your orders? My orders were to get Colonel So and So to the White House or to the Pentagon immediately. He's like. To talk to the president, like I was saying, he's right. dead. I need to talk to the president. And it's like, all right, so they find a payphone, and it's he has not no working. change. Oh, and he's talking to the secretary, and he can't have enough change to put in the machine. And the second, and the and the, the 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 operator won't let the call go through <laughs> unless he has enough change. It is just like I just need to speak to the president. It's like, ah. Oh, Darn it. Yeah, no, I don't it? have any, uh, can we make it a, connect a station to station call? <laughs> Whatever it is. And finally, they're just like, he's just like, Colonel, I need you to smash into the Coca-Cola machine and get the chain so I can make this call. And the guy's like, I'm not going to do that. He's just well, that's like, private property. That's private property. <laughs> Colonel Guano, if that is your real name, I need you. <laughs> right. Finally convinced the dude. The guy's like, yeah, like, but you're going to have to answer to the pizza, the Coca-Cola, to the Coca-Cola people. <laughs> that was the best line. <laughs> <laughs> You're good. You're gonna have to answer to the Coca-Cola company. <laughs> Finally, gets the call through. They get the they get the message to the 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 president and everybody. So after they've shot down three planes, all the other planes are being recalled, but one is still oh, flying. Well, all right, and they're like, all, right. all we're gonna do is just settle the news. Clear it all. That's fine. But the what was it? Not the CRM navigator. What was it called? CRM one one four. CRM one one four. It's busted. They can't receive. The transmission for the letters right now they, they and so they say okay so they but they know that plane that plane mm -hmm. is they know that's primary and secondary target mm -hmm. so they said so so they get back on the phone with <laughs> premier kiss off it's like just throw everything into those and two you targets can't you can't yeah. lose right and they're like it's like you gotta it's like you gotta get them down you gotta get them down so they do that but then when they look when when they're going because their plane is damaged Mm -hmm. One of the guys in the pilot's like, uh, we we're, don't have fuel. we're running out of fuel. We won't have enough fuel to get to the primary target. And it's like, well, or a secondary target. And it's like, well, what do we do? So they, they arbitrarily find another, another target, target to hit, to hit. Because they're thinking young military guys. Right. <laughs> so they're not going to the two targets, which is where the Russians are waiting for them. They're mm -hmm. going to some other random target and they're going for it. And they're, they're, they're trying to get there. All right. And now. They open. They do the whole step to like you know get the bombs armed, get everything done. But the bomb bay door is stuck, and they right. get the the amount of redundancies that they try to do to open that door is really funny because oh, they yeah. go through like like uh, uh it's stuck. Nope, There's nope, so it's still many stuck. opportunities to stop this bomb from being dropped. Like right. Everything. And it's like, no, do this. Nope. So try manual override. Try the oh, emergency breaker. Try this. Try the bolt explosion. Nope. No, right. Nothing works. And the, the brilliance of this, right, is because, I mean, at the opening of the movie, it says uh, the, you know, the U.S. Army and the government say that absolutely no, no, this could not happen. There are too many fail-safes involved, et cetera. What this says is look at all of the fucking fail-safes in a row that try to stop that bomb from being dropped. Yeah, like, and, they and 
there's 20 of them. And because the, you have Slim Pickens, who is representative, like the go get him of well trained young Americans. Yeah. Like, gotta get them. He's going to fucking figure it out. Like, you're going to, the failsafe is going to fail because he's going to beat it. Like, and that's what's going to (laughs) happen. Like, there is no such thing as a failsafe if people are determined enough. (laughs) Like, the idea of dropping nuclear bombs on each other is fucking idiotic. Right. (laughs) This is it. So they go through all of this, all these possible things that could, uh, that could stop them. And they will not be stopped. Slim and so, so Slim Pickens decides to take him, take it upon himself to crawl down there. Mm-hmm. He ends up sitting on top of the warhead, mm-hmm. fixing the circuit board of the plane, uh, of the doors as he's doing. And they just, and they're getting closer and closer to the target. Right as they get there, the, the circuit, <laughs> the Connects. doors open, yeah. the doors open. And he's like, yeah, he's very excited. And it's like, all right, bombs away, and he's still sitting on the warhead. <laughs> it rides it all the way and down. He rides it all the way down <laughs> like a rodeo hat. He's like, <laughs> he's riding this bomb going down. And then <laughs> James Earl Jones goes, "What about Colonel Khan?" <laughs> yeah. <laughs> drops so, the bomb. It explodes. Drops, explodes. Huge explosion. Cut back to the war room. Cut back to the war room. <laughs> They're all devastated. They're like, oh, like this. And then Doctor well, Strangelove says, you know, we could live in shafts. We could live in mine shafts. Mine <laughs> shafts. He pulls out the little. It's like, how long could you live down there? And he pulls how, out this little slide, yeah, circular yeah, slide. So he's like, oh, I was like, I was like, it's for about a hundred years. And, we, and then it just starts to go so out of control. This is like this last little section. It may be the funniest scene ever filmed, and it's one hundred percent Peter Sellers. Like, yes, but he is like full. He is full on strange loving it. Like, he's like got the little uh, circle calculator. He's like working it out the mine shafts and how much space we have. And then George C. Scott is like, "Well, how much space we got? Well, there may be factionalization. We might be fighting with other other Russians over mine shaft space." Right, <laughs> right. All this nonsense starts to happen, and then and he's like, "No, the- no, no." It's like we have to. He's like, "We could, you know." We could rebuild our population just, you know, from living in mine shafts. It's like, and so we'd have to choose women to join us that are it's very like sexy. Ten, 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 <laughs> ten women for every man. And all of them know. are like, well, this does oh, really. It's it's like, fact, you know, like, that's not a bad idea. It's not like a good idea. Yeah. You know, and so, and then we have to make sure that the women, you know, to keep the men motivated, we have to make sure the women are very attractive. Yeah. <laughs> so when Strange Love says that, because of course they must be very sexually interesting. <laughs> You're just like, oh my God. These are the people that rule the world. These are yeah. the men that run the world. Is a bunch of fucking uh, angry, desperate pervs. Right. <laughs> like that's what perversions. we got. All the perversions. Yes, exactly. And then the whole time, he's got his little arm, which has got a glove on it, which is supposed to be like a fake arm or a, or a paralyzed yeah. arm or whatever he's, it is. He has the arm. He has some sort of a demon hand syndrome. You know, it's like right. his, and so like. His his hand will occasionally do things that he does not want it to do, and he like it. do a Heil, he, a Heil Hitler constantly. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like he's, he has to keep on slapping it down. Damn. It's constantly fucking with him and doing things. And right. the more excited he gets, the more it tries to take control of the room. Right. It's a, like until he's literally just like, ah, 
die and starts saluting and you're like, oh, Jesus Christ. So but he also, he, a couple times he was like, mein Führer, I mean, my president. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> because the fact is, the truth of it is, is like after the war, like the United States went out of its way to make sure that a whole bunch of very smart Nazis came and worked for us. Right. Like, yeah, but they were doing that in the 30s too. Oh, so in the 30s like, as well. Yeah, yeah, I mean, like, like it's like morals be damned. Like, we need to control this fucking situation. And so we had all sorts of bad, which bad was people. the theme of Notorious, which is the theme of Notorious. Yeah, exactly. Right. Like this, like that, like Our previous these, podcast. These, these, you know, like like when it comes down to ethics and morals, I'm just like, we need to control that shit, and we don't care if we are paying off Nazis to do it. This is the way it's going to go. And so, like, that's what Strange World represents. It all builds to. Like everybody in the war room has forgotten about the fact that literally everybody in the world is about to die. They're arguing over mine shaft space that and how we, many girls they get, to how have. many girls they get, mm -hmm. right? And they're screaming back and forth about all this stuff. When Strangelove says, "I think there's a simple solution," he goes, "Mr. President, I think I offer us," and he's and he's so excited about it that he stands straight up out of his chair <laughs> and he starts talking and he gets like one sentence in before he realizes that. Holy shit, he's standing up. Like he is he can he can move again. He says, Mein Führer, mein Führer I can walk. I can walk. <laughs> Cut to nuclear explosions. <laughs> Everywhere. <laughs> All over the globe to we'll meet again playing in the background. Right. Oh. Which is one of the all time great movie moments. We'll meet again. And don't know don't where. Know where. <laughs> don't know where. Insanity. And yeah. uh, like the timing, the edit, the ridiculousness, and then the terror of actual nuclear explosion footage. It's overwhelming because you see those fucking things and you're like, oh, yeah, we have thousands of those. Right. Thousands and it, and, and it just it just thousands. just right after you see like like right after the most Ridiculous speech by Doctor Strangelove. Yeah, yeah. And you're like, how close are we to that insanity of person? <laughs> yes, yes. And uh, and and luckily, uh, since then, it's only much much worse. <laughs> like yeah. now we now we know. No, no. Things. We elect game show hosts. Yes. To right. presidents, and like, they steal the codes and try to sell it to the Russians. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Like we we have we know that Russia is completely unstable. Uh, we have. We have pulled down the number of nuclear weapons, but the effect effectiveness of those nu nuclear weapons is literally a hundred times uh, more than and what what they had then. Uh, and we get into casual conversations about, well, perhaps they'll be using tactical nuclear weapons and on the battlefield. Tactical nukes, by the way, means nothing. That's just a bullshit phrase. But what the kinds of things they're talking about are the size of Hiroshima. That's what they when so when you hear it on CNN, there's like, well, there might be it could be a tactical nuke. Well, that's Hiroshima, and we right, took yeah. that pretty fucking seriously, yeah. Know? Because like what we actually have uh, when we talk about a missile is multiple warheads on a single missile that split out and hit multiple targets in an area. So uh, like even if you go on the nuclear war planner that the Google Maps has, like one you can like, oh, you set off a, one of the our normal nukes here, it'll blow up. The, something about the size of Los Angeles proper. Well, 10 of those are going to be hitting the area of Los Angeles. And that's one of, I, I think it's uh, 2,000 of these that may be hitting the country. Right. So 2,000 times one, so 2,000 times 10. So this is where we're at. 
Like, this is the point of the movie. It's just like, as funny as this fucking shit is, these are, this is real footage of nuclear explosions. <laughs> like, right. we did, we have this. Tall things. Yeah. Shots. Well, that's the thing. That's that they, I think they're basically trying to make a parody of this and saying, by making this a parody, the people in it's, yeah, these are yeah. the people in, like, this is as ludicrous as we can make this. The actual world is more, is more idiotic. Right. It's like, it's twice as bad and not funny at all. You know, and that's why Kubrick had to make it this way. You know, he was rightly terrified of it. And he was just like, I, I've hit bottom. I can't fucking make, I can't make a serious movie about this because there's no amount of seriousness you can bring to a movie that encompasses what we're talking about. Like we can only make this, you know, the funniest movie of all time. So people will at least talk about it, but it's still, it's, it's really, that's why it's still shocking all these years later. I mean, like, I'm just looking at this thing. I'm just like, I can't believe this fucking got made. I don't know any movie studio in the world that would make something uh, that provocative uh, at all. So even just on the filmmaking level, like nobody makes stuff like this. And this is 60, 64, whatever. 63. It was. 63. Well, when did it come out? 64 or 63? It uh, said 64 on my uh, thing. But hold on. 64. So, yeah. 64, yeah. Yeah. And so like, that's, that's like when we talk, when, you know, when we go on our, when I go on my long, long rants about Marvel films, it's just like studios used to be brave enough to release things like this, you know? Yeah. I mean, we just don't, don't see that, you know, and, and things are way more serious now than they were then. That's before we knew how, how fucked things were. Now we know and we still do it, you know? So like, <laughs> and we don't get the quiet earth you know, replay. <laughs> no. Yeah. 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 But anyway, this is, uh, you know, this was going to be our new year's film, our new year's. Podcast. That's right, man. So That's happy right. new year to those of you who are listening. The quiet uh, earth. <laughs> quiet earth. And quiet earth is an official new year's movie because they do sing. Old Lang Syne. Old Lang Syne. Yes. Yeah. That's actually a good, 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 that, good, that, good segment in that, in that yeah. as well. It's good scenes. Really nice scene. Good yeah. scene. Uh, but but uh, this was really great. And I can't believe, you know, we haven't done Dr. Strange Love before, but now we have. The thing is, we're never going to run out of movies. We're always going to have. It's impossible, dude. If we haven't gotten to Strange Love and we're already, you know, 100 episodes in or whatever it is. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, we got, we got a long way to go. <laughs> a long way to go. But it was but, fun. I'm glad. Also, I'm glad that Eric uh, enjoyed a quiet, er, the Quiet. I think. I, I love it. Yeah, it's really good. I, I thought it was, it, was a, it was a good film. Um, and obviously, Strange Love is... I can watch that every day. An all-timer. That's an all-timer. Mm-hmm. That, you know, like Big Lebowski, Tootsie. Big Lebowski, uh, it's up yeah, there. It yeah. is up there. Yeah, Dr. Strange Love. Yeah, these, these are the greats. These are the true greats. Blazing Saddles. Blazing Saddles. Yeah, I do have a thing for um, uh, 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 Some Like It Hot. That's a great one. That is a great one. That's, that's, a great one. that's, very, that's very funny. In terms of comedy. It was funny. I had this conversation with someone years and years ago. She was really funny. She said, the, one of the greatest comedies of all times is Coming to America. I was like, what? It's kind of funny. funny. I was like, it's kind of funny. And then I was like, what about this? And, this? and then it turns out she'd never seen any of the movies I said. I know. Have you yeah. seen Dr. Strangelove? Have you seen this? Have you seen that? And I was like, I was like, no. I was like, well, I guess to you, maybe that is the greatest film comedy of all time. But there are other ones <laughs> you should probably oh, yeah. see. <laughs> like, wait, like even just to eat, just include Big Lebowski in there. Good God, that's a that's at least within the past, you know. Yeah, yeah. a lot of people have seen that. That's cultish. Yep. Oh, yeah, man, I love that movie. Ooh, we that that was a movie that I didn't think was that funny when it first came out. 
strangely enough. And now uh, I yeah, I felt, you know, one. it's interesting. Uh, I uh, felt the same way about, I thought that Austin Powers was really freaking dumb. And then after I watched a couple of times, like I could keep watching this. this I could just fun. keep watching this. Yeah. <laughs> I saw that in Westwood. I was like, I was in love. Yeah, I was crying in my pain in my pants. I remember, Eric, you and I actually, we went together with Nancy and Karen. We went to go see 40-Year-Old Virgin together. Do you remember that? That was, I was dying laughing watching 40-Year-Old Virgin. So, so funny. So funny. Just like with the Asia posters, he wakes up. (laughs) (laughs) just like. Okay. All right. Uh, okay. So, uh, listen, guys. Thank you so much. Uh, we couple things are going to happen. I put a couple links in there in our in our chat uh, for our Threadless store for those of you who'd like to do this. If, if you're listening, it is martinigiant.threadless.com. Yes, we have some new items in there, including a T-shirt that says "Too Much Escargot." For those of you who are a fan of the show, you know what that means, and it's very funny. So just in time for Christmas, you guys can get that. And, of course, if you'd like to, to uh, support us, we'd love to have your support. That's patreon.com slash martini giant uh, for that. But uh, also a couple things. Eric has actually had some ideas. We may be doing a bunch of shows in uh, be- uh, between Christmas and New Year's to sort of rack up our library and give us a little bit more time to work on stuff and maybe free up a couple of Saturdays for us. Um, so we're toying with that idea. Hopefully you guys are okay with that. Yeah, we'll, see. we'll, we'll figure something out. But if you guys want to be part of the discussion, you know, we'll probably discuss it on our Discord. And I'm going to go ahead and share our Discord with you guys one more time just to put that in the link. Uh, just a second. Here we go. So here's the link to our Discord. Uh, and if you'd like to sort of, you know, be part of that, we'll discuss it with all of our, our fans on the Discord and say, hey, are you guys cool if we do a bunch of shows between Christmas and New Year's? Maybe Pillar Ball Home and they just want to. Hang out with us during that time. Uh, But yes, we'll, we'll do that and we'll discuss all of that. Uh, But otherwise, so glad we could do this. Yes. Uh, Happy new year, everybody. Happy new year. The quiet earth and Dr. Strangelove. Uh, We should also know that it's actually not just Dr. Strangelove is Dr. Strangelove or how I learned to not worry about and loving the bomb. (laughs) Yes. How I learned to stop worrying worrying and and love love the bomb. bomb. That's right. Yeah, you know, it's uh like I think that uh uh, uh Assassination of Jesse James by the Coward Rod Report still wins for best long ass title of all time, but this is number two. But everyone calls it Doctor but you can Dr. still Strange. just call it Doctor Strange, right? <laughs> Whereas Which is funny James, because Jesse kids James, kids are confused, James. like my kid was confused, it's like Doctor Strange. It's like no Doctor Strange love. It's a different because <laughs> there is a Doctor Strange. There is a Doctor Strange. That's yeah. it. Now did uh, Brady get to watch Doctor Strange Love anything? He did. It was oh, too slow. So it was too slow. I understand. It's, uh, it's very slow. So he didn't get to, because you have to, it builds up on several spots. So he didn't get to some of the really hilarious lines, right? right? Like right. he got the line of all the, 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 the survival kit that, that was yeah. cracking him up. But then some of the other ones, like if he'd seen the Dimitri president thing he would have been all in <laughs> we'll get there we'll get there i mean like uh like, young. seeing as though uh um well uh, your your other child corrected a teacher over who directed the godfather yes. i think you're doing an excellent job uh you guys are doing an excellent job parenting yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. so anyway all right you guys ready for this yes, yes. Baby. all right drink talk drink happy new year everybody Happy New Year. Happy New Year. (laughs) Bye, guys.